Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, the podcast about video games for the Nintendo fans at negativeworld.org. This is episode 49, and we are recording this on Wednesday, June 12th, 2013. I'm your host, Steven, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. Today we are joined by none other than Chris, or as he's known on the boards, Chris Wright. Glad to be with you. And we also have Gregor, as he's known on the boards, the big G753. hey And finally, we are joined by my co-hostess with the mostest, Joe, a.k.a. Ninsage. Hey, glad to be here, Stephen. Yeah, me too, actually. Uh, I think I think we're all in good spirits right now. Yeah, right. sure. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, for those living under a rock, yesterday was Nintendo's big Nintendo Direct for E3, and uh, they opted to go with that as opposed to a conference. And, you know, maybe we'll get into the discussion about the logistics of that, but it was 41 minutes of bliss as far as I'm concerned. And so we're going to spend the next two hours talking about it. Um, I guess to start off, I just want to ask how you guys feel, you know, feel uh, going up to this. Are you guys ready for this discussion? Absolutely. Sure, yeah. I'm right. totally surprised. I didn't know I we were going to be talking about E3. Yeah, I don't believe I, any of this shit right now. I didn't. I didn't was there a show yesterday or, or something? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, Sega's big keynote. <laughs> um, take oh, you're just going to... I thought you were just going to tell us about your Animal Crossing for two hours. Actually, that, yeah, me too. I brought a recording. pillow. <laughs> yeah, I actually have special guests coming in. Sydney the koala coming from my town. And nice. um, I'm going to show you the frog I caught. <laughs> no. Although, although for the listeners, um, next podcast where we do uh, Now Playing, just be ready. Because <laughs> that's what's going to be happening. It's cool. It's cool. Um yeah, I'm playing the shit out of that game already. Okay. But we're not going to do now playing this time. We're just going to go right into the discussion, contrary to my babbling. So uh, I guess I wanted to start off with a quick question to you guys. How did you like the Nintendo Direct itself versus having an actual conference with an audience? Hmm. I mean, I, whoever kind of has a first thought, no real order yeah. here. Yeah. I will I say think the it was... idea. Nope. So you go nope. ahead, Joe. Okay. Maybe I should have an order. <laughs> it could uh, help. Chris, you can go first. Go uh, I say I think the idea is still strong. I mean, maybe not from a press relations standpoint, because I'm sure making those guys feel special is a part of what E3 is really all about. But from my perspective, as someone sitting at home, uh, the live setting never added that much. I mean, other than the potential for comedy when they screwed something up, you know. But I was a little surprised that they didn't put more effort into making the direct a little distinct from the others we've had this year, because it was still the E3 Direct, you know? And just having Iwata out there in an empty room presenting videos in Iwata-speak, I mean, that's not really, the, <laughs> to me, the best use of the Direct format for E3, because yeah. they, I think they could do a lot more with it. I think they could give us, you know, developer interviews and behind-the-scenes footage or whatever. It could be like a TV show almost, designed to hype us for what's coming. Instead, it was almost kind of aggressively low-key uh, with Iwata just kind of saying, roll that beautiful Mario footage, you know, that's basically, <laughs> and I can respect that on some level because I don't want something loud and obnoxious, but uh, I don't know, it still well, seemed kind of low-key. E3's always had that bombastic nature, so you would think that even though they were pulling out of the conference that there was going to be some sort of grand, you know, announce sure. announcement, you know, at the top of the hilltop kind of thing, like, look at us, flashy. But I guess that's not what the Nintendo Directs are about. So in a way, I guess we should have expected it to be like it is. 
Yeah, but I still kind of thought, because I mean, we have had Nintendo Directs where Reggie showed up or, you know, they've talked to other Don't guys, but this was really... Very exciting voice, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. I was yeah, just kind of surprised we didn't see more of that, you know, as far as... I mean, because I think a lot of people are going to look at it and say it was a little flat compared to the the big uh, live shows of yesteryear, you know, uh, less memorable in that sense. And, uh, and I guess... I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I wouldn't say necessarily that if you did feel that this was a little flat, that that means the whole idea was bad. I just think if they're going to do it again, and I would be all for them doing it again, I would just put a little bit more energy into it. Maybe have a few more voices, produce it up a little bit more. And the only thing I can say in defense as far as the voices is that since it was broadcast simultaneously to all the markets, having Reggie there doesn't make that much sense because then you have to kind of edit it for each market in theory. Well, that's true. But... Have the- but I mean, then having Reggie on stage at E3, you know, last year, I mean, do they have to edit that out? I mean, it's okay. He's the NOA guy, but, you know, he I can still talk about well, it. Well, it's, it's tough because E3, if you're at E3, it is a North American conference. Okay. It's aimed at North American media. Well, this was almost kind of a simultaneous all media kind of thing. I, it's, it's weird. And you're right. That is kind of a double standard. Uh, perhaps, I mean, if anything, they could have had, you know, Aonuma there to talk about Zelda. Or, I mean, is he even working on the handheld one? I mean, he is, right? They I don't know. know. Some, some probably in some role, probably producer. Right, so you'd think that maybe he could have came on to, to talk about that, or, uh, or I don't know, or Wind Waker or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. anyone else have anything to add? Yeah, well, I, yeah I was also I, surprised. Oh, sorry, I was just going to comment on what Chris was ahead. saying. Uh, just that I was also expecting to hear from multiple people, and I was a little confused as to why that didn't happen so uh, and even though I don't really love hearing from Reggie per se but um, but I was definitely expecting it especially because as you said it is based in North America for this um, event so Joe are you sad <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if your thread anyway Greg? that's cool yeah, I, I I agree with you guys. I was surprised that Reggie wasn't there. I, I really thought he was going to show up. Um, I don't think Iwata necessarily sells all of the games that well. Like When you're listening to him talk, you can't exactly get the sense that it's something to be really excited about when it actually is. So it's kind of that weird juxtaposition there. But, you know, overall, I, I'm glad they do it this way. I don't need all the the spectacle and the pageantry of a, uh, you know, the big press conference they normally do. Um, I think, you know, I'm going into the show, and I think most of us are going into the show, looking to see the games, and that's basically what it was. It was just wall to wall games, beginning to end. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't need a whole lot more than that. I forget what my wording was in the thread because there was a thread kind of asking the same question, and pretty much to me it was 40 minutes of fan service and facts. You know, there's no fluff whatsoever. It just was about the games. And that I really had a lot of respect for. I got home from work. I watched it not live. So I had no problems with the feed either, which I know some people dislike. But I don't see how that's so much a Nintendo Direct-specific thing. I mean, a yeah. feed's a feed. you got to just get that stuff right. But, yeah, I just, you know, I laid in my bed. I just I had some notes, uh, a notepad with me so I could take notes since, you know, I do the podcast. But And I just watched. And there was no, like waiting for some guy to come out and introduce something. It was trailer, discussion, trailer, discussion, facts, this release yeah. dates, you know, it was awesome. So personally, I was uh, pretty okay with it. I too don't really feel any of the patentry, but maybe they just yeah. need to improve on it. And like like you guys were saying, uh, Chris, especially 
get some more voices in there. Yeah, I think that's only it. I like I'm with you on the format. It's great. Trailer discussion. They could do that next they could do that for the next fifty years as far as I'm concerned. I just don't know that having a Wada be the only guy who picks the trailers apart or shows us or you know, I it, I don't know if that's necessarily what I would want, you know. Sure. Just bring yeah. a few other guys in and, you know. I was kind keep of the excitement level up, I guess. You know, Iwata's got a great. I mean, you know, he just comes across as a really likable, nice guy, and everything like that. But you know, his English is still kind of, you know, and his English is way better than my Japanese. I'm not insulting him for that, but I'm just saying that, you know, that uh, as far as keeping it pacey and moving along, it's, it's a little bit harder when when Iwata's the only guy in there speaking. You know, sure. Mm-hmm. And. Um... Was also pretty short. I mean, did you guys? How did you feel about that? That's you know? exactly what I was forgetting what I was going to say. But yes, thank you for reminding me. Um, I was surprised that it was forty-one minutes because I had heard it was an hour, mm-hmm. and then to yeah. find out it was you know an entire TV show shorter uh, was kind of surprising. But then again, if you look at like I counted the amount of games. Oh, I should grab my notes. But I counted the games that they announced. They, I mean, we knew about some of them, of course. But, eleven or eleven or so. Well, of over all total games that they that they named, and I don't think I was counting duplicates like, you know, when a game has a Wii and a 3DS version, there's 38. Wow. So, oh, that, yeah, when you bring in the, yeah, the, the reels and the indie stuff, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But So 38 different games in 40 minutes or 41 minutes, that's, you know, almost a game a minute. And then the big games still had, like, three, four-minute packages. So uh, I felt that even though it felt short, I mean, if it was on stage, it would have been padded out. You would have had to watch people walk on, walk off. Uh, sure. some crazy lights, you know, zooming on the screen, stuff like that. So it would have taken longer. And I watched both Microsoft and Sony's conferences, and they were just pretty boring in my opinion. Oh, my God. So, you know. They were, they were too long. That Sony had a massive overkill like conference. It was minutes, right? <laughs> it was I, yeah, like two hours. About two hours. Stuff. Yeah, I think it was about two hours, yeah. Yeah, so two hours, and I think that they didn't, and I don't think they announced as many games as Nintendo did, you know, or talked about them. Then again, they also had some services to discuss and things like that. But uh, I just I love the com- not not compressed but concise nature of the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, Sony's was going you know almost out to midnight here, and I started started almost nodding off toward the end. It just kept going on and on and on and on. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess we'll move on though, since we don't so we don't get too wrapped up talking about the uh, the other guys, you know. Um, any last comments you want to make about the whole Nintendo Direct versus a conference debate? I'd just say that I'm for a Direct next year as opposed to a conference. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think I am too. I agree. Keep it going. I disagree. Curveball. No, actually, I totally agree. <laughs> I wonder if they save any money doing it this or how much money they save, you know? Oh, like, probably a ton. You don't have yeah, to rent Subsidize the, uh, Earthbound by uh, not doing a live <laughs> conference at E3. Yeah, well, you know, whatever gets the job done. <laughs> and that, that's you know that's a valid final point is that the the cost alone you know saves them a lot maybe they put that some of that money into maybe you know maybe the money they save there allowed them to do the best buy thing yeah you know yeah. which is uh, which is something that you know neither of the competitors are doing and that's you know that kind of sets nintendo apart in a good way i think the bot- the bottom line is i don't think they got any less attention by doing the direct instead of the press conference i think they got their message out just as much as they normally would. Yeah, and you know, I saw someone was complaining about like, well, I don't think IGN or uh, game trailers had the direct feed, so it wasn't getting out there. And it's like, well, if that's the case, that's just the fault of the media themselves. I mean, yeah, it's a streamable thing, so it's infinitely copyable. 
You know, yeah. so you can just put it wherever you want. I mean, maybe Nintendo should have pushed that, or maybe IGN should well, have not been biased. I don't know. That was they... kind of the point I was making at the top, though, is that, you know, are they doing that? How much of this are they doing because the press sort of demands it? And if the press demands it, even though, you know, I don't like that on a certain level, you can argue, you know, Nintendo doesn't have to play by their rules, but. You know, what's best for Nintendo? You know, mm-hmm. not getting uh, put out on IGN because it's a different kind of thing. I, I don't, that's the one thing that I don't have an answer to. And if Nintendo decides that that's the reason they want to go back to E3, a live conference next year, I'd understand it. And then you know. a- another argument that I'll make, too, is I know that Nintendo wants to sell new consoles because it's not, you know, selling nearly as well as the Wii or whatever. But Nintendo also wants to sell games to people who have consoles because, hey, that the easy, you know, the hard part's done. Now they got to sell the games or whatever. They got the console in the house, they want to sell the games. And with the Miiverse especially, I feel like Nintendo's, and this sounds funny because I know Nintendo's not the greatest at online, but they feel, I feel like they're pretty connected with people these days. I mean, you can watch the Direct on your 3DS, you know, and there's these cool different ways that you can watch this, and so even though the Direct is over, you can watch the full Direct instantly, which I remember a few years ago, it was just so hard to watch any of the conferences after they aired because of, you know, issues with computers and all that sort of thing. But you can also go on YouTube and watch tons of videos that Nintendo hosts and constantly tries to promote. And YouTube videos yeah. are so easy to ingest that I think after, like the, the ability for it to exist after the fact is really strong with Nintendo. And I think that's what they want. It was yeah. kind of interesting how they had those clearly pre-made um, like focuses <coughs> on the individual games that went up on YouTube shortly, <coughs> shortly thereafter. But you know were not included in the original Direct. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting decision, especially since we were saying how the direct was possibly, you know, you, some could yeah consider it on the short side, and they had this other content that went deeper that they just chose to make separate. Right. Well, I guess yeah. it just allows you to not, you know, or prevents maybe certain things from getting lost if you have too much all at once. Mm-hmm. And so later, you know, you don't you don't forget the cool things you just heard, but then later you pick up the random one-off thing that they do want you to know still. Yeah, and those were great. I liked them. Chris, were you saying something? Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say I could buy that argument, you know, that, that you know, Link to the Past uh, 2 or I'm not, what's the name? It, it got a name, didn't it? Link it's, uh, to Link the Worlds to or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Link I'm, to I'm, Two Worlds. I'm just glad it wasn't a Link to the Past. Ah, with the number. I was afraid they might do that. A Link to the Past. Uh, yeah, with a soundtrack by Prince. A link to the past. Never mind. Yeah, it's Zelda: A Link Between Worlds. Ah, okay, very good. Yeah, I got my. Yeah, notes so I, I, I felt like you know that didn't get lost uh, in the shuffle. I mean, it got kind of got its own moment to because didn't it get its own trailer that came out later? Or? Yeah, yeah, later it yep. did. Mm-hmm. It, it actually only the only time it shows up is during the little E3, like, uh, you know, demo area that's on the E3 floor. They had a little bit of a showing. Of uh, of that, and I remember when the camera pans up and you see the new uh, Yoshi's New Island and Zelda: Link Between Worlds. I paused it at that time and I wrote them down. I was like, "Oh my gosh, they just revealed the names for these games in the yeah. Nintendo Direct without saying anything." Yeah, true. But and it was very uh, Wii U focused. I mean, there was yeah. 3DS discussion, but I realized after the fact there was not a lot of 3DS stuff at all. Well, and we expected that, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. But. Uh, but, you know, speaking of Wii U, we should probably jump into the actual uh, games and the content, because I know we're all really itching for that. So, uh, if you guys don't mind, we'll move forward. Let's do it. And I'm... So, to all the listeners, we 
kind of had a vote on the things that we thought were most interesting about the show, because obviously we don't have five hours to discuss the whole thing. I'm going to run through right now the things that were lowest on our list, just to kind of mention them. And then if anyone wants to chime in with a fact or uh, a detail, they can, but we won't really have a discussion about them. Uh, so that said, and this might surprise people that's on this list, but Wind Waker HD was shown. Uh, they showed a lot more moving video, so that was nice. We got to see how that started to shape up. Honestly, in my opinion, it didn't look that different. Um, but I know that when you compare it side by side, it's drastic, because I've seen the screens. But uh, they, they included a fast button, which was noticeable, and uh, Awada and did mention that, which is kind of nice for the slow sailing. And Chris, you... Uh, you, you had something to say about this in particular. <laughs> what, the uh, Tingle Tuner? Yeah. And the yeah, I was, yeah I was, I'm mad about that because to me the Tingle Tuner was a key feature because it allowed me to play the game with my wife. And me and my wife sat and played Wind Waker together. Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda and partly for that reason because it was just such a joy for her and I to work together to play it. And then they mentioned it. They said, oh, the Tinkle Tuner. You, you remember the Tinkle Tuner? Yeah, well, the Tinkle Tuner is not going to be in this game. You know? <laughs> and I was, it was surprised just, they didn't imply it was going to be a 3DS connection. That's what yeah. I was expecting when they started Me too. The way talking they worded about it. it. You know? And then they were just like, oh, so now you can throw a bottle into Miiverse, which is still a cool idea. I, yeah, I don't but see it why doesn't both make up for yeah. – Exactly. I don't either. Yeah. Why not? You know? Um, uh, and I don't know what the thinking is behind that unless it's just, you know, they, for some reason they, I mean, I expected to see that kind of technology show up a lot last gen with the DS and Wii, and we didn't really see a lot of uh, connectivity there. So I don't know why they've rolled back on that because they emphasized it so much. But I don't think they ever had a good reception of it, though. So they've probably been kind of fearful yeah, re recently, you know. But, I mean, that was back when you had to buy a special cable for it and everybody, you know, like... Mm. But, you yeah, know, the back in the Pac-Man versus days. Well, but it it is very different to play yeah. uh, a game on the Game Boy with the Game Boy cable or whatever, versus playing it with the with the DS. You know, I I don't know. I I don't understand it. I, it's really perplexing to me, yeah. and it makes me angry. No, I, I'm not really. I mean, I love Wind Waker anyway. We'll play it. I will get Wind Waker HD. I'm sure. But but that was just took You're the wind out of our too sails. Depressed, are you? It's over. Are we gonna have it's back to Sega for me. Back to my Are we dream. having an impression cast too right now? <laughs> Impromptu depression cast. <laughs> and then we'll go into an Animal Crossing discussion, and oh. then we'll come back to E3. And then I'll wrap it up with an hour of Pokemon. <laughs> right, there you go. Uh, which is actually coming up on our list. But um, So one last fact about Wind Waker. October 2013 is the release. Uh, so that's cool. It's on its way. And then they listed uh, a big list of eShop games, 11, that are on their way. And I don't know if you guys had any particular notables, but what I thought was interesting is that Oddworld New and Tasty is coming out on the Wii U. And I've never been that big of a fan of the series or anything, but that was one of Sony's like big points in their conference was Oddworld's coming and it's you know a remake and and then and Nintendo's just like oh yeah us too big deal you know which I thought was kind of uh, not any not any sort of slight but I would just having watched the Sony conference it's like so that's what you guys got you're like holding on to this. Maybe because Oddworld came out on PlayStation first a long time yeah. ago, that there's a link there, but... Um. Yeah, it was it was strange seeing it on a Nintendo console, because I do associate it with Sony. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a big series for them in the PS1 days, so... I don't know. But, yeah. So it's cool that, you know, a bunch of games are coming. Uh, you know, Shovel Knight is coming, and stuff like that, so... Was that uh, Two Brothers game listed during, during that little vignette, or did, did I see that separately? The two brothers. Yeah, it's like a uh, 
it looks like a Game Boy game. I think it was like a Kickstarter that actually got enough money and will be coming to Wii U eventually. I don't recall. Anyway, obviously not. But <laughs> <laughs> but that looks good. Yeah. And moving on. Uh, yeah, so they also announced a bunch of third-party games, You know, many of which we knew, like the Scribblenauts, uh, Superhero Edition and all that. Watch Dogs. I don't know if the release date was confirmed ahead of time. I think it kind of was, but... You know, uh, November 19th for that. And that was another game that stood out to me because, again, Sony was really... Like, they had a big demo, I think, of Watch Dogs. Or that or Microsoft. Somebody did. And, yeah, it was Sony. And Nintendo's just like, oh, yeah, you guys know this game. It's coming. But we got other stuff to deal with. So uh, so it made me happy, but um, I'm glad they didn't spend too much time on it or anything. Sonic and, might be good. Yeah. Yeah, they should. Uh, some of that kind of Sonic Galaxy. <laughs> more or less which could be interesting i may give it a shot it's definitely looking better yeah very exciting and i was a big fan of generations i really liked what they did with generations and so i'm kind of on this new sonic i'm not negative on it but i'm kind of oh man you guys just figured it out now you're changing the formula up again you know so i don't know i hope it's i mean obviously galaxy is one of my favorite games of all time so uh you know if it, it's copying from the right place anyway yeah, even the the slower platforming stuff still looks like it's going to be pretty fun. So, hey, knock mm-hmm. on wood. Well, speaking of uh, pretty fun, horrible segue. Pokemon X and Y got a little bit of uh, attention early in the very beginning of the show, and this you know we already knew about the fairy type, but that was confirmed in in English, which I think it only had been kind of announced in Japan. Uh, the October twelfth release date was uh, reaffirmed. And I wanted to make a note, Joe, we will definitely discuss this at a later podcast. Sounds good. <laughs> um, Yoshi's New Island got its name. Uh, we Party You got ignored. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they said it's a mix of tabletop games, which you know maybe we'll probably be able to, finally be able to play Othello um, <laughs> on, our, on our tabletops, maybe. I've, I've kind of wanted that. I, I, back when I, before I had a smartphone, I loved that game. It was like the only thing I could do on my phone. Um, <laughs> But yes, yeah, so it's going to be a mix of tabletop games, Mario Party-esque type mini-games, and then board games. Um, yeah. Hopefully that's not B-O-R-E-D. But I, I, I found it interesting. I thought it was interesting that Iwata mentioned they wanted this to be the main mini-game collection for the Wii U. Like He kind of made a point that, you know, that this is going to be the one. And I wondered if that meant they kind of hit the brakes on some of the, the mini-game landfill that was in the Wii <laughs> era. You know? yeah. Maybe they're actually declining... Uh, developers yeah. who want to make that shit that would be interesting <laughs> i don't know i just thought it was interesting how he worded it because it almost seemed like there was a kind of aside to the audience like don't worry we're not bringing too many of these down the pipe yeah. you know mm. um, yeah so the first one here is going to be in october so another october release so hell right there we just went through wind waker pokemon and we party so uh it should be good good time for for october uh the last thing on our list before we get into the real you know meat and potatoes of this conversation is Art Academy U, which I think we all knew was coming. I, like they, they implied that this kind of came out of the fact that people are artists on Miiverse, but in the very first video for Wii U ever, they showed you know Link being drawn with some extra tools. I mean, I feel like it was right. kind of inevitable. But what's neat is how they were going to, I think for free, I, I forget how much this was confirmed or not, but they're going to bring some of those tools early to Miiverse just for people to you know, use pastels or color pencils and kind of, 
you know, liven up their, their drawings, which is going to be great for Negative World because I know we have a lot of awesome artists in our own uh, little home here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so short and sweet, that's all I had to say about it. But um, yeah. it's cool that the game's coming and it's cool that they're going to bring these Miiverse tools early. I'll say, when I asked my wife, because we watched it together, I asked her what she was most interested in from the Direct. Uh, her first thing was Donkey Kong Country, because we play that one together. And then her second was Wind Waker. And the third one was Art Academy. And I, I'm not saying she, she represents anyone other than herself, but it, it kind of surprised me, because that wouldn't, wasn't like a big announcement to me. But it made me wonder if it could be maybe a sleeper hit, you know, one of those things that would have more appeal, kind of like a Mario Paint thing, you know. Right. And, you know, everyone does want Mario Paint, and that's really all this is, uh, except for a music creator, but yeah, um, I don't think we're ever seeing just, Mario Paint again. If they just called it Mario Paint, it would probably sell like six times more. I mean, why not? <laughs> Everybody has, probably. you know, positive, sentimental memories of playing Mario Paint. So, But then again, Art Academy does have kind of an air of more professional artists, you know what I mean? Like, Mario Paint's fun to tinker in, but if you actually know how to draw, like, you want to you use Art Academy. It's got the nice tools. It's got the nice brushes. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to draw, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was neat. I thought it was neat, though, that you know, Wada kind of acknowledged there that like, hey, we're listening. We're seeing what you guys are doing on Meverse. You know, here's this new application for you yeah, guys. But team up with the U.S. government, I think, to watch <laughs> over our uh, Meverse conversations and. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> this will be funny. Instead, it was just depressing. <laughs> yeah, not really. Uh, <laughs> so, hi, government. You're listening. Um, so I'm sorry. Yeah, it was. It, it's cool to see that they do pay attention and they're they're listening to our feedback. I mean, that's how Picross E is coming out tomorrow, I think, because yeah. of me and a couple other people on the site bitching so much about it. <laughs> but and for those listening, um, came out a few days ago, so go uh, go pick it up. But yeah, are you anything else you guys want to say about all this? Because otherwise, we can jump right in. Let's jump. Let's jump. Okay, Chris Cross, want to make you jump, jump. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna <laughs> jump into the, pretty much the big game of of the whole Nintendo Direct, and it wasn't one that was even a surprise, and that would be Super Smash Brothers Wii U and 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was a game. Yeah, it was a game. All right, moving on. <laughs> Um, no, it, it's got a 2014 release date and I've heard some people, you know, cause I've been listening in the past day to some podcasts and some articles I've been reading and stuff and they, they're saying, Oh, it's going to be pushed to 2015 and stuff. And I don't understand the premise of that idea. I mean, I know that they haven't been working on it that long because, you know, it was confirmed that he, Sakurai didn't get started until after Kid Icarus, but, um, I mean, you have no idea how many people are working on this or what they're doing, like to presume maybe it's. Maybe they'll announce it for like February of 2014 and then delay it till November. But delay yeah. or not, doesn't mean that it's going to break 2014. I think that's just people being once bitten, twice shy because we it did get pushed back twice. Brawl did, oh, so yeah. I'm sure they're that. just feeling like, uh, oh, don't get your hopes up. You know, yeah. we're all going to say it's coming out in you know January well, and not get it until two years from now. You know, it's, but I guess but I, isn't people being isn't this the game? Isn't this the game that uh, Nintendo's like farming out some of the development? On well, right, yeah, so yeah Namco, right, right, right. So, so now they've got assistance there, yeah. I mean, I don't, but, I don't know. Is what that, that confirmed? Mean, but is that confirmed to be on the Wii U version or just the the 3DS version? The Namco involvement. I guess I don't know. I never. Sure. I guess I don't know either. Thought that question. I always presumed from just how they discussed it that it was both. 
okay. just the whole Could development be. was being supported by Namco. Sure. And uh, and I think that's cool. And I, mean, I was a little worried about that because I'm not a fan of traditional fighters at all. And I know Namco has done traditional fighters. And so I didn't want to see Smash Brothers turn more into that. It looks like it's going to be... I mean, they even have the, the final smashes are back from what we could tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't think that they're going to change the formula up as much as I was fearing they would. But yeah, they have, you know, Sakurai's team, then they have Namco Bandai. And then they still, if they were to get it out in 2014, technically they still have a year and a half. So that's a lot of time. And True. it looks like, even though people were concerned about the fact that the 3DS and the Wii U have the similar stages, and from what I've heard, the games will feature similar stages, but they will have different ones as well to kind of help differentiate themselves. Um then really, I mean, even though they're developing two games at once, it's still kind of one game, and and I'm not I'm not too worried honestly. I, I don't see the point in freaking out. Like it, it's a moot point to me because the game's not gonna be here for a while, regardless of how you look at it. And you're right, it is the once bitten twice shy thing with the the delay because I remember being so freaking upset about that. <laughs> and their awesome like preview site that they're I think they're gonna do again. I forget what that was called. The, the, the dojo, the dojo. Right? The, oh, the Smash Dojo. What wonderful memories, yeah. And uh, when they do that, that's just going to, you know, for lack of a better term, fuck me all up. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, 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 as I'm getting older, wiser, I'm just kind of not being so worked up on this sort of thing. Um, you know, quick question. When they originally announced that this game was going to be on both platforms, uh, maybe I just told myself this, but <clears throat> I thought that meant it was going to be like, uh, you know, you could, you could play against people on the Wii U from your 3DS, like when you played online. But that is not even remotely the case, right? Because they, it looked like entirely different stages, like completely different stages. I think they even said the 3DS backgrounds were going to be like based more on handheld games while the... Right. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. So that idea is totally... I'm sure there's going to be some sort of online functionality between them. I don't know. I don't think it'll be actually fighting against mm. each other. Mm. Um, plus, the graphical styles might, to some degree, change. I mean, change literally like how tall a character might be, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, since they're not so similar, I don't. I don't see that happening. I don't. I don't yeah. know if they can even get the the Wi-Fi to work like that. Um, that's a, asking a lot, maybe. But then again, Namco, I believe, has a lot of experience with online modes, don't they? Online experiences. Uh, yeah, so far as yeah. they have games that there's so much confidence online. in that answer um, <laughs> well anyway that's what I've heard and so hopefully maybe they can help Nintendo get there but Nintendo's been doing better with many of their games so you know yeah. let's just all uh, you know bow to Iwata and hope that um, you know he, he gives us a good product I think it'll be great regardless we're, all, we're probably going to find shit to nitpick about it um, I think uh, the third new reveal of a character might be a reason for people to nitpick. Uh, so let's jump into that part of the discussion. We have three new characters um, announced. And I must say, there's two times during the Nintendo Direct that I was audibly excited, even though I was all by myself. This was the second one. And that was when the villager from Animal Crossing got shown to be a fighter. I've wanted that since Brawl. I've had nightmares about how he was left out and I've talked to my shrink about it and now I can totally save Dude. myself a lot of cash. You talked to Dr. Shrunk about it or? Yeah. Dr. Dr. Shrunk, Dr. Mario, 
And I'm, <laughs> I'm Dr. Finkelstein. You think I would just listen to myself, but, uh, but yeah, so that's so cool. And exactly what I always imagined he would be. He uses the net. He uses, you know, he rides on balloons. He shovels at you. Like it's ridiculous, but it's awesome at the same time. And what do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I would have preferred Nook or Resetti or KK just because they're, when I think of Animal Crossing, I think of the animals first. The, the villagers more of a, a, just an avatar for myself. But, but I understand why they went that way with it because it'd be kind of weird to see Nook running around with an axe or whatever. You know? Right. I mean, you do have a lot more uh, possibilities for translating it with the humanoid character, the villager. Exactly. I do wonder if the villager will look different in each game because that would be very Sakurai to like have you answer the questions or whatever to set up what your villager <laughs> looks like. That would be sweet, actually. Submit that to him, man. You could be like the first person to have that genius idea. Like you boot up Smash Brothers and there's a weird train moment where Tom's there and you're like, yeah. what the hell are you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, I, don't know, I just thought that was really cool. And I mean, that means that there's going to be at least one more Animal Crossing stage and Animal Crossing items and... I think, weirdly enough, Animal Crossing is a perfect fit for Smash Brothers. Just because there's a lot of stuff, yeah. Like Smashville and Brawl was was one of my favorite levels, and me too. I loved the uh, KK showing up on Saturday night, like that kind of stuff. I could I could never get tired of that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Right. And it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me too that Animal Crossing really is one of Nintendo's big franchises, as if the release of this game that just came out wasn't that already, but. Uh, it's, you know, I feel like Mario, there's Mario, I feel like Animal Crossing is kind of on that level. I mean, not at that level, but it's, it's definitely a second tier franchise. Yeah. It's not no, I agree. lower than that, you know? So it's, it was really nice. And I took it personally when they added him into this new game. And I appreciate that. I'm going to write some thank you letters, but, uh, I think I can ramble about that one. You guys, I mean, I was very excited for this next one though, but you guys probably, uh, are going to be more excited about this, but. Um, I guess spoiler alert. I don't know if we have to do that shit. Uh, the Blue Bomber. Mega Man. Like cue the music maybe or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys don't seem like you care. Oh no, I'm very excited about Mega yeah. Man. I'm especially pleased to see that they went with the uh, NES style. As yeah. opposed to the NES box art? <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that would have been... Uh, uh, no, but costume. even... I hope even so. the fact that when he jumps, he has that like ridiculous, you know, yeah. arms and legs. <laughs> oh yeah, right. It's just I loved that. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's the any that's the Mega Man I care about. You know, more than mm. the sort of more anime later Mega Man, which is those are all great games. But but yeah, sure, was, that, sure, that's sure. pretty exciting. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I mean, didn't you guys feel kind of like why why wasn't Mega Man in Brawl? You know, like with all those other characters in there. With two yeah, other I, characters. I think after. After Sonic, and I think even ahead of uh, Snake, I think most of us expected Mega Man was kind of that next iconic yeah. third-party character that hadn't been in there yet. So, well, and long we'd overdue. Seen him but- in, we'd seen him in a lot of Capcom fighting games, so it kind of seemed, I think, like a like a natural progression. And like yeah. and like Chris was saying earlier, uh, I forget. Well, I think it was on the podcast. Maybe it was before we started recording. But that Mega Man is. Oh yeah, you you did say it earlier, like five minutes ago. Uh, you were saying that you know Mega Man's always been an NES icon. He's been a Nintendo character for so many years, and then you know he did branch off, of course, but he got his start right there. And so, while I really enjoyed Sonic in, in Brawl and Snake, my cousin liked playing with him, but I didn't really care too much. Um, neither of them felt like a Nintendo character. 
but Mega Man absolutely does. And in the FMV that we got to see, which was beautiful, and I can't mm. wait to see the actual. I mean, just the intro to this game is going to be fucking sweet. Yeah, but uh, I love how when he gets knocked out too, he explodes like he does in the old NES games. Did you guys notice that? Oh, I didn't even right. catch that. No. I yeah, yeah. That. Watch it again. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> same sound effect and everything. It's great. That's <laughs> cool. And uh, but yeah, and so like to see him kind of you know rustling and tussling with uh, with all these other characters, he fits right in. And then he's got apparently all these extra moves that are based on the bosses he's taken down. Oh, over the such years. a good yeah, idea. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if, I don't know. Well, and, I, like, didn't Zero basically like call every single one of them? You know, like in his article. I mean, way to go, Zero. That's <laughs> right. Oh man, he probably could just listen to the sound effects and and list them off. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that kind of leads us into another question we have about the game now: is how would he access all those? I'm I'm guessing that it would be like a random thing, or maybe it's partially to do with his um, final smash, but. Mm. Uh, some people are speculating. Well, will you have customizable move sets in Smash Brothers now? Or uh, well, it sounds like Mega Man doesn't. I think they said he doesn't like have punches and right. kicks traditionally. So it could just be that these are, you know, Smash attacks. In the, yeah, in the place of his what would be normal melee attacks, he's just got all these different right. weapons. Right. So instead of you know shooting a ray gun like Foxwood, he's going to throw a metal blade. Right. Or well, he would just shoot with a blaster. What am I saying? But, uh, yeah, just stuff like that. Okay. I wonder what his, um, oh, yeah, I bet you he uses, uh, oh, what the hell's the dog's name? Why can't I think Rush. of Rush, Rush, yeah. I bet you he uses Rush to, like, save himself from a, from a death, a fall. Yeah, I think they, I think they basically showed that Did at they? one point. Yeah. Well, I think you can see at one point when he, uh, you know, uses it as a springboard and, and launches up. So, right. I mean, it has to be. Are you guys concerned with everyone Who's gonna? Like everyone's gonna be Mega Man. <laughs> that was now. that was my expectation. I imagine for like the first four or five weeks, this game comes out, it's just gonna be like, oh, four it's people choosing Mega, Mega Man. Man. No items. <laughs> Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> Although screw Final Destination, I think the level for Mega Man is gonna be badass if it has anything to do with Wily stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, and then the 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 Yellow Devil or whatever that guy was called showing up at the end. Yeah. That was interesting too. I wonder if that's either a, an assist trophy or or if it's... I mean, some people were speculating it's part of the subspace emissary, if there is another one of those. Yeah, that was my original take, but if it was an assist trophy, that'd be even cooler. Yeah, maybe like he just tra- like um, you know teleports across the screen and obviously you have to watch out for that. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Um, do I you think guys- that'd be very in line with the way a lot of the assist trophies have... Uh, Assisted? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want? Um, do you guys want a subspace emissary? Not really. I enjoyed it. I a lot of people didn't like it, I but liked I, it too. I had fun with it. So, but I loved. To be honest, I would have liked the subspace emissary movie. Like, just I love the yeah. CGI, the interaction between the characters. So that I loved, but it just didn't feel like the brawl engine lent itself as well to kind of a f- action platformer game, and so it's, it got a little tiring to play. Yeah, it's even true. Though, I agree with that. It was mechanically, it was not really a great experience, but it was really more. I, I think I just got the enjoyment out of, as you said, seeing the cutscenes and sort of playing through this little adventure with all these characters. Yeah. But in its yeah, defense, the- it was great until you got to a pit. You had to jump over. Okay, <laughs> Chris, you're saying? No, I like pit. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, there's like a literally kid Icarus is on the ground. <laughs> um, you jump over a pit for some reason. No, no, no. It's, that was my whole point. Oh, okay. Excellent point. While we've brought up Pitt, I do want to say my biggest pipe dream, having seen Mega Man here, is I would love it if somehow, much like Uprising came from Pitt being in Brawl, I would love it if this like version of the NES Mega Man somehow emerged in like his own new game, and I don't know, like a three D game, uh, or maybe just like a two D game with these assets kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, but. I know that Capcom's not really doing anything with Mega Man, and this looks awesome, so sure. I don't know. No, I had the same two thought. together. Yeah. Well, awesome. I had, yeah, do it. Make it happen, Capcom. That's not right. a first-person one. Yeah. <laughs> first-person Mega Man. <laughs> yeah. Ar- Armature, was, Armature was making one for Capcom. Yeah. Really? They were? Yep. Yeah, they, it was in the early stages of development. It, something leaked out on... Polygon, I think not that long ago, but yep. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I guess I don't really see the point in that. I guess to well, Mega Man Retribution. Worked, oh. That worked for Metroid, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. Well, I, don't, I don't know. That's true. But I don't know. Metroid's uh, always been a lot more atmospheric. I mean, yeah. Mega Man's got cool levels and stuff, but it's nothing compared to the atmosphere of Metroid, and so. You know, to run around a stage in Mega Man would be different than to run around the world of, of Metroid. So yeah, that's true. Um, but you're I right mean, it's not impossible to imagine a, a FPS Mega Man that was good, but they'd really have to sell me on that because it just doesn't seem like a natural yeah. fit. And make right. sure it's more like that it has a lot of puzzles and it's not just shooting, 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 shooting. <laughs> they um, shouldn't do so it. Funny. <laughs> Could you imagine just like a straight ahead transition from the 2D games if you just made that a first person shooter? It'd be like the most boring thing. What if they made a first-person brawl or Smash Brothers where, like, literally you're, you're say, Mario in first person, you're jumping around, and then you end up, in like, two stages later, you're, you somehow find yourself on Hyrule, and now you're playing as Link, and they just did everything first-person. No. First-person no. ice climbers? Who's going to deny yeah. me on this? <laughs> yes. Right. You Not just look like... up, and it's just ice. Down, it's ice. There's a polar bear in front of you. It's perfect. <laughs> I just picture that polar turning out like those... Uh, <laughs> Those awful first-person sequences in Other M. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, um, so, moving on, though. Uh, the last character to be revealed actually was after the Nintendo Direct. And I really want to hear you guys' opinions on this. So, uh, I guess I'll throw it to Greg first. Um, since, special uh, special announcement is what it was tagged as yeah. on the uh, uh, game trailers had their Nintendo Power Hour on. And they're like, special announcement coming from Nintendo in 15 minutes and... Uh, the girl host in the show is like, is this the long-awaited Metroid? I know. Why did she do that? <laughs> you know, so we're, all in the, like, we're all in the chat room getting excited. Like, ooh, what are they going to show? Is it going to be a new game? Is it going to be a new game? I've got some very interesting news about Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much how it went. <laughs> yeah. And then, so what happened, Greg? Who was shown? It was the uh, the Wii Fit, Wii Fit girl. Yeah, Wii Fit trainer girl, girl trainer. The little video of it was pretty cool, like funny and kind of cute and mm-hmm. everything, but uh, but yeah, the weird mannequin lady is going to be a fighter. What do you guys think about that? I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good representative of the casual market that the Wii was really all about. So, and that's an important part of the company's history, just like any of the other fighters. It right. will 
probably be the least used fighter in the entire game unless she's like a tournament pro or something. But uh, she's the new Mennonite. Yeah, yeah, but it, it'd be funny. You know, I, I mean, I, I, it seems very, very like Sakurai again. It's that sense, that sort of tongue-in-cheek sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So let's put the We Fit trainer in there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> maybe, and maybe it'll sell a few We Fit U's. You know, like uh, they can do their yoga just like Brawl. <laughs> I, don't, I shouldn't keep saying brawl, but uh, but yeah. So that was interesting, and uh, some people were complaining like, "Oh, well, this is wasting a slot." Well, I mean, they kind of have infinite slots, right? They don't have to limit it to like twenty characters and then say, "Oh, well, we've got this person." Is that other great idea? Screw that. You yeah, know, they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do, and then just make it so the grid works on the screen. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, in theory, yeah, they're devoting some resources to developing it and stuff like that, but. They already had those uh, polygonal fighters from all the other games, so this is probably just a branch off that. You know. Yeah, yeah I'm and like, excited. I think it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. When I when it, when I was watching and they did the little special announcement thing, and then I heard that it was this. At first, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Like, seriously. <laughs> but then when I saw the uh, the video from the show floor and how they presented the special announcement and how. Miyamoto was like, you know, we're going to show you some footage and you'll know instantly what game this is from. And then they show the little, you know, like, please focus your balance on the center of the thing. And everyone's like, oh, and I thought it was <laughs> We Fit You or something. And then, you know, pulls back and does the sequence with uh, Link and uh, Mario and stuff. And everyone's mind, like, fucks up for a second. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And once, I, once I then sort of got the joke, so to speak, it, I was like, I was totally on board. Now I'm just like, this is probably going to, I mean, depending on who else they announce, I may use Wii Fit Trainer for the first month while everyone else is using Mega Man as much as Mega Man looks cool. But I just think it's hilarious. I don't know. It looks like fun. I love how they said she's going to like, like talk to herself and give herself like little oh, like help tips. And... Yeah. Like little things during the battle. I just think that's going to be The thing is, it's going to be, they're going to do it well. I mean, you can just tell they're, they're going to make sure that it's it's funny and not, you know, they're not going to waste the character like that. I can't think of a single character, honestly, who's been wasted in the Smash series. True. Uh, some of them may be duplicates and they're maybe not in a, in a way wasted like that, but they're all very unique. Even, even I, I feel like even Falco and Fox are distinct enough to be relevant. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think in the hands of someone like Sakurai, you know, again, like when I initially heard it, I thought like this is just some weird sort of like uh, self shilling for the We Fit franchise, or whatever. But seeing the way they present it, it really seems like they are having a joke with it. You know, like it, it's funny to them. So in that in that sense, I think it's it's brilliant. Yeah, and it is it is that sort of celebration of you know all the different stuff they're doing. I remember they did the was it the um, what the hell is that game? The Electroplankton stage in Brawl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of came out of left field. This kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Excellent point. So we'll move on now because we've been talking for uh, at least twenty minutes about Smash. Uh, there was another big announcement that came, and this was uh, we found out what the three D Mario is going to be, the new Wii U Mario, and that is not Galaxy Three. It turns out that that is actually Super Mario Three D World. And to run through a quick. You know, set of points. It's a beautiful HD game. Uh, there's a new power up in Cat Mario, which is pretty adorable in my opinion. Um, four player multiplayer is included, and this time it's not just the sexist Mario Luigi and two Toads. It's Mario Luigi, Toad, and Peach, uh, a la Super Mario Brothers 2. 
Um, and it's coming out this December. So with those facts laid out there, you guys, were you guys really surprised by this? Were you excited or disappointed? Um, go for well, it. Yeah, I was surprised by it. I mean, I think it's kind of surprising. I mean, were you? Surely, everyone was a little surprised by it. I mean, particularly the fact that it's on Wii U and not on the 3DS, because I mean, it's in the title, right? You know, like I know. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of a, a shock. And I'm obviously, I think all of us are huge fans of Galaxy, and I wanted to mm-hmm. see, like, if not Galaxy Three, which I would have been fine with, but some kind of evolution of the 3D Mario thing that Galaxy was doing. I yep. think so. This is smart, though. Like some people are saying, why why aren't they doing Galaxy now and then saving this for later? But I th- I think it's fair to ride on the coattails of the previous game, and then we're really going to be itching for it, you know, for Mario Galaxy three or something similar to that. Um, you know, in a year or two when they don't have all these awesome other games coming out after Mario Kart's been out and everything, I think that this will sell better now than later because people will have Galaxy three and they'll be like, oh, we're going to go back to Mario three world, you know, like. You think it could be an evergreen title like New Super Mario Brothers was? Kind of something like that that just sells forever, that kind yeah, of game? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, Maybe. I think Mario Galaxy 3 would too. I mean, a lot of Mario games will, but I think that uh, they want more time to make sure that that's done right and with some fresh ideas. And maybe just isn't Galaxy 3, but it's something beyond that. And yeah. uh, and here they can make a great game for the 3DS that and, and up-res it to some beautiful HD and throw in multiplayer, which I think is cool. To take multiplayer from the new Super Mario Bros. series and apply it to this is actually really exciting for me. Yeah, It was probably one of the best parts about the whole reveal. I am, I am very excited about the four-player multiplayer because that's something that I didn't think was really ever going to happen in a 3D Mario. Uh, I thought that that would be something that Nintendo would feel is just too hectic and that it would have to be sort of constrained to the 2D plane and I kind of feel like this game is maybe trying to like get that whole you know that that big audience that is comfortable in 2D Mario and trying to maybe like bridge the gap into the 3D world and, and be like weird. hey it's not that scary you that know audience does really exist my girlfriend's part of that she uh mm-hmm. I mean she's she's played all sorts of Mario's but she really prefers one over the other and and it's just yeah I don't know it's kind of a bummer cuz I see so much greatness in both you know yeah. And uh No, my I, wife really loved 3D Land. She played the heck out of it on the 3DS. So, and she never really played Galaxy. I mean, and people have quoted numbers in the past that the, you know, 3D Mario's don't sell as well as the 2D Mario's and things like that. So, I think there's a real argument there that, you know, going with a Galaxy-style game may have been a bad idea. So, maybe this is what they're trying to do is bring those people over and then maybe do, you know, if Mario Universe is going to come out, release it later in the life cycle of the Wii U. The thing is, is I think Nintendo needs an anchor game like like a Galaxy 3 would be right now. And I just don't think 3D World is going to be that kind of eye-catching, iconic Mario game that people outside the usual Nintendo fold and maybe the casual crowd would kind of say, yeah, I have to get a Wii U for that game. Maybe and, I'm wrong, but I, unfortunately, I, I wonder. If, I mean, on that logic, if you are correct, uh, the, the game's listed like Mario Kart 8 and Smash Brothers, those are two games I could see being anchor games, but those aren't coming out until next year. So you're right as far as 2013 is concerned. Maybe they you know, are, are lacking that. Yeah, and I, I think as we got closer into the show, I started thinking about this. That's why I wasn't too surprised by it not being you know, the next big you know, revolution. And I think a lot of that was, I think they knew they needed a big you know, tentpole type game out this fall. I don't think they could have gotten... You know your brand new 
revolutionary 3D Mario. I don't think they would have had that ready in yeah. time for this holiday. So I, I think that's where, you know, I think maybe the scope a little bit was shifted to, to more more in line with uh, 3D land. And that, yeah. that is another good point because it's not that they're just up old levels or something, but it is a more recently fresh idea, uh, concept. They probably have a lot of scraps on the cutting room floor that they want to just use and get out of the way. And yeah. I really think that they don't want to just have a Galaxy 3, so I think they wanted to push that back until they can make it revolutionary again. You know, sure. Because the 3D Marios have always been... Well, I can't say always. I mean, Mario Sunshine was mm. different, but not necessarily revolutionary. But Mario 64 and Mario Galaxy... And now it's kind of it's kind of time for a big shakeup in the 3D Mario space. So to go with something that's really solid, that's just going to sell and be good, and you know do some cool things that they didn't get a chance to do. This is kind of like the Super Mario Galaxy 2, of of but you know but we have a graphical up, upgrade here. Sure. And uh, and I think come time when they do release the next Mario, you know that'll blow everyone's minds even more so than than they're expecting. But I think this is a good timing for now. But Chris's points as well are, are pretty valid about maybe maybe it's not the best financially, but maybe maybe pacing wise it'll be better for them in the long run. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it kinda it yeah, it may be a better decision in the long run. I think over the short term, but of course obviously they gotta think in the long term when they're making they're developing these games. I guess my assumption was always that they probably had been working on, you know, Galaxy Three or something like that for a while even last year at the Wii U reveal or the you know the E3 last year I kind of felt like oh they're probably playing that pretty close to the chest with Mario you know, they don't want the 3D Mario to overshadow the 2D Mario or they don't want to look like they've got too much Mario coming out at a time and so I was kind of I thought that they probably had had that in development for a while and I think part of my disappointment here is just to see that that probably isn't the case you know what I mean? Like, the, although I the, wouldn't doubt if there's some sort of preliminary stuff. I mean, they're probably thinking long and hard about the next Mario, the next three. Oh, Mario. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they're not going to release it next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest driving force behind, you know, the design of 3D World is very much going to be, you know, they needed a big Mario game out this fall. I think, I think first and foremost, you know, that's the the biggest push behind that but yeah I'm a, I'm a little surprised at a lot of the disappointment I've been reading about it because I, I really like 3D Land um, I think it's an underrated game um, looking forward to more of it on a console really the one I, thing I'm concerned about with the four player thing is that they do have the the old uh, you know Toad's uh, Fast and Peach is Slow and all that and that's so cool like as a throwback to Mario 2 but I wonder how that's going to play out if you're playing. I mean, I'm sure they'll get it right. They're Nintendo. They don't screw that kind of thing up. But, you know, like we're always going to be waiting for Peach to catch up, right, you know, if you're playing for the levels. Yeah, yeah. And then, two, how will they manage if someone really just wants to go far ahead? I mean, there, will there be in, uh, sorry, invisible walls to, uh, you know, block progress to an extent, yeah. which is kind of a bummer? I mean, in, in the side scrolling Mario's New Super Mario Brothers series, uh, you pretty much just the lead person led and then you just got stuck in the dust, but it's a lot harder to do that in 3D. Yeah. So, a lot of warping, maybe, for people? <laughs> a lot of bubbles. But, um, and then they're keeping it pretty zip-lipped about the story, uh, you know, because it's so uh, deep, I'm sure. And can't, guess, uh, can't kidnap Peach this time. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless it's like a clone Peach or a dark Peach or they got a rescuer. Daisy. They kidnap Daisy. Why not? Ooh. <laughs> Maybe. You know, 
I want I wonder how much of this peach business is actually did it come from Mario Brothers 2 or did it come from all this backlash lately about women in video games? Cuz Nintendo is like the primary you know person that's looked at uh, with with a lot of their archetypes that they've used over the years with Zelda and Mario especially. So I wonder if that's when the idea came and said, "Hey, you know, we should do a throwback to Mario 2 because that way we won't get complaints <laughs> that there's no women in our games, you know, or well, it just seemed like it, when they started with the new with uh, the the Wii game, like, and they brought in the two Toads, it was like, why, you yeah. know, like, and, why not have Peach? Like the the story of you know rescuing Peach is not exactly something that people need more of, or well, defense, you know, like, I don't think that's the way or that's the reason why people play Mario games or anything. So I, yeah. Well, the defense with that was always that, uh, and this wasn't like something that people just made up, but Nintendo stated this, that they chose two Toads because they were similar enough to Mario. And so it was an even playing field. And now, like Chris just said, you're going to have these vastly different characters. And in Mario Brothers 2, you never played them together, so it didn't matter. But now you're going to have these very different attributes all going on at the same time. But like they could have made them play the same. Like Luigi didn't have a better jump or anything. In those uh, in the earlier four-player games, right? And they just they let that go. So, um, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I would have been perfectly fine. I wouldn't be sitting here saying, you know, Peach runs too fast in New Super Mario Brothers. You know, like who's going to get mad about that? Waluigi. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Personally, I would love to see like as many of the cast as possible. Like, I would love to be able to have sure. Wario in there, and that would Actually, be great if he was the bad guy in this game. Yeah. This uh, time we kidnap Bowser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spin it around on its head. We'll see Wario and uh, Waluigi could totally kidnap Daisy in that case because they're all kind of the doppelgangers. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. I'd be down for it, sure. Now, important question Is this the Toad or is this Blue <laughs> a Toad? toad. Oh. He's yeah. Blue, so. Because you know. my wife's a big Toad fan and she's a little on the fence about this. <laughs> Doesn't know why Red Toad isn't getting his well, due. Red Toad's probably going to be an item whore. Yeah. Whoring out items, you know. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame that yeah he's used such an auxiliary character like that that here's his time to shine and they're just going to be like, oh, it's his cousin, you know, Bubba. The, the only explanation I could come up with is maybe they want to, like, you know, because, like, Mario's red, Luigi's green, Peach is pink. They didn't want to have, like, another red. Oh, a clashing color, sure. Yeah, probably. But that's so. silly. I mean, come on. It is, it is a little silly, right? Because they don't look anything alike. But I, that's the only thing I can come up They're with. They're afraid someone's going to get confused. Oh, I thought that was red. You know. <laughs> I'm not colorblind, but I can't distinguish mushroom shapes. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> Hmm. There's gonna be yeah. a warning at the start of the game. If you're colorblind, please do not, <laughs> or like a colorblind option. It's gonna be a petition out there. Bring back legitimate Toad. <laughs> <laughs> legitimate Toad, I love it. Uh, I think so, what just... about these cat suits? Yeah, awesome. I, are you guys cat people? First of all, because I think that affects how much you care about this power up. <laughs> I'm not, not a cat person, person, and I think the power up looks incredible. Cool. Okay. And you guys, uh, you like the cat power-up? Man. Yeah, I, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Super Mario Brothers 3 is one of my favorite games ever, but my excitement for new animal suits is kind of wearing off at this point. We've just seen a lot of them. So 
I do hope there's a kid out there saying, oh, wow, he's, it's Mario turns into a cat, you know, and gets real excited about it. But for me, it's kind of like, okay, he's a cat this time. Can yeah, climb. but, you know, a lot of the new power-ups, at least in recent games, have given you, you know, floating ability or, you know, extra flying ability. And here, sure. you know, Mario's getting speed, he's getting agility. I think it's different from, like, the bee suit and the uh, squirrel suit and, like, you yeah, know, the cloud all, suit. They're all kind of slow. Like, the bee suit, I love the bee suit, but it is it is so slow. You I know? love the bee suit. And so yeah. here you're going to have the cat suit, and uh, <laughs> which sounds almost like a latex option. <laughs> um, but yep. your, your cat suit, I mean, it's so cool to watch him run like, uh, you know, like a lion would or a, a tiger and how he's just kind of going across and he's speed running. And that could make for some really fun time challenges. Um, the whole wall, like climbing on walls, climbing on the flagpole, it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Like what? Well, a really my wife saw that and she said, he's cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that boss fight looked interesting where he's, you know, diving out of the air to attack. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing, you know, the normal hip drop. Although so I instantly thought about uh, Sonic and his spin dash that nobody likes. Yeah. It's like here. Oh, you know, the Mario, homing attack? Yeah, Mario does it and, and everyone loves the homing attack and Sonic does it and he gets <laughs> shit on. So. Well, does it does it home in? Maybe I didn't notice no, that. No, it I thought it, was just, it It just yeah. looked like it because they were so good yeah. at their accuracy. But uh, so they kind of like up and then down, you know, first yeah. brought into you by Turtles 2, the arcade game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly accurate with that comparison (laughs) um i love no i love the functionality the gameplay of it looks great but i just like i wish it was like a ninja suit or something you know like that's what i that's what would get me excited about this if it was something like i'm i'm amazed the cat suit's going over as well as it is quite frankly i thought that was going to be like they were going to get kind of crucified over that but uh people are down with the cat suit yeah it it just it looks fun Yeah. yeah And I wonder too, like again, chicken or the egg, uh, with you know, I just brought that up with Peach and and the whole women's rights thing and games or whatever. Um, not at all what it's about, but uh, you know, they have the Tanuki tail in the logo for Mario 3D Land. I wonder if they literally thought, okay, what can we do next with this next Mario? Mm. Let's have the logo have another tail that's gold. Okay, uh, you know, let's and then they just go through a bunch of tails and. I will say. I have some uh, real-life friends who are girls and gamers, and they are extremely excited about not only Peach, but probably more so the cat suit. Right. Because they like cats. And so they are, like, over the moon about this whole cat suit thing. Then, so I mean, there you go, system seller. Right, and, that's, and that <laughs> makes a good point, though. That's getting maybe more people into Mario. I mean, because people... You, okay, all of us are dudes, and we all have played Mario for a long time. We're the demographic that Nintendo doesn't have to try hard at all to really impress with the Mario game or whatever. Mm. Uh, so we're going to buy it. But then you appeal more to, I mean, I know women play this game and everything, uh, the Mario games, but you appeal to these kind of slowly more niche audiences like this, it's just subtly, make smart decisions. And yeah, it could be the very seller that, that you were talking about, Chris, that we don't necessarily expect, uh, accept it to be, but um, maybe it will yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're doing anything wrong with the cat suit. You know what I mean? I don't look at that and say, what's this all about? I mean, it's just very standard Mario kind of thing to do, you know? And it looks fun to play, so I can't imagine anyone getting too upset about it. And if it brings in cat people, you know, welcome to the party. <laughs> I'm amazed that they're even not getting any backlash over having all your uh, people standing on stage with little paws and little cat ears. And, like, everyone's just like, yeah, seems about right. 
Like when you, I started seeing that, I was like, oh my god. I bet you Pete is already creating its own game, you know, <laughs> about skinning cats and how you shouldn't do that or uh, I'm sure if it had happened, see, this is why we should be count ourselves lucky that they didn't have an E3 live conference because I bet that cat suit thing, if it had yeah. happened, that would have <laughs> been everywhere, man. <laughs> Good point, yeah. Well, you know what? I just realized this too. Uh, by doing the Nintendo Direct as opposed to a conference, it really makes you meme-proof. Yeah, yeah. But that's one of the big advantages, I think, like, of doing it. kind of awesome. Because they can't screw it up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> how many GIFs of there are of the Nintendo Direct right now? You know what I mean? Um, uh, GIFs, you mean? What? Uh, well, whatever. Yeah. Oh, come on. GIFs, GIFs, peanut butter, <laughs> jelly. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that is the, the new Mario in a nutshell. It may not oh, be and I think wants, I think I heard the uh, frog suit is also making an appearance, shit, really? which has yeah. always been one of my favorite power-ups. So. so that probably means maybe a little more emphasis on water levels, too. Could be, could um, be. Which, I don't know. The, they didn't do that much in Super Mario Brothers 3. It was kind of like, here's a frog suit, and there's four levels you can use it in. That's, that's <laughs> true. That's right. Well, honestly, that's like a power-up I like more in theory than practice. Yeah. <laughs> but Well, in, in its defense, though, uh, like water levels are totally 100% tolerable with a frog suit. They're beautiful to yeah. play in. Um, yeah. But sort of lava levels, because somehow that works. Um, you didn't know frogs could swim in lava? Where you been, man? Not there. <laughs> um, so anyway. well, I'll tell you, next time you're at a volcano, throw a frog in there. You'll be amazed <laughs> at what happens. In the Mushroom Kingdom, they do. <laughs> mushroom Kingdom logic. Um, so the game is coming out December 2013, which does not meet the Thanksgiving Black Friday date, but I don't think they really care. I think them having a strong December game always pays off for them, just like Mario Kart did. And uh, they've got such a full roster from like August on that. Yeah. You know, I think uh, people, you know, people will go to buy these other games around Thanksgiving and then they'll see ads for this new Mario game right before Christmas and, you know, they'll still sell really well. So, yeah, and it won't get too overshadowed by like the new Xbox or the PlayStation coming out the same week. It's going right. to be, you know, the next month. So I think, I think that'll work out well for it too. Mm hmm. Actually, you know, that's probably it right there. That's probably the key point you just said. So, nice job. Um, Thank you. So, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to say, or do you guys want to move on? Let's move on. I'm good. Moving on. Um, Moving on all over the place, because the next game that uh, we're going to talk about was, again, another game we expected to show up, but I'm curious to see what you guys thought about it. It is Mario Kart 8. So another another numbered Mario Kart game. I uh, can't wait till they're at Mario Kart 64. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, pretty much the gist of this for the listeners is at least what I gathered from it was, you know, you got the bikes from Mario Kart Wii, uh, you've got flying and underwater portions from Mario Kart 7, and you've got the 60 frames per second from Mario Kart 7, and it's in HD. So it's like the best of the last two games, which have been awesome. And then, you know, HD graphics. And then there's a whole anti-gravity thing, which is also pretty cool. We'll talk about that in a sec. But are you guys disappointed that there isn't some sort of double dash implementation or that it's not more kind of funky like that? Or yeah. are you guys okay with it being kind of just, here's what's been working lately, let's stick with it? 
I'll say I'm pretty sure it'll be great. It's Mario Kart, but the Mario Kart games are all starting to blend together to me at this point. And I mean, I know it's too early from one trailer to tell whether that's going to be the case again, but I was surprised at how hyped I got about the Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Like that game really like got under my skin because I think it showed me a different way to do Mario Kart style things than what's been going on. Because usually there's always copycats out there of Mario Kart and they're always just sort of sad you know they're all terrible m m racing or you know like all that garbage you know but it was like you know i i know that on probably on a lot of technical levels like the 60 frames per second and all that stuff it's going to be better because nintendo is generally a better developer than sega you heard it here first you know <laughs> but newsflash but I, yeah newsflash. <laughs> but i'm not seeing anything in that cart trailer other than perhaps the graphics <laughs> big shout out to carlos on that by the way <laughs> <laughs> But there's not a, a lot that I'm seeing there that beats out my excitement for Sonic that I just had. So, so I'm not. I'm trying to sound like I'm down on Mario Kart Eight, but we've had yeah, like. Well, here's the thing. We, I mean, there have been eight Mario Karts, and of those, the last four have all released since the last generation started. You know, with it, and that's a lot of Mario Kart. And even with a series as great as Mario Kart, I don't think it's wrong to be a little tired of it at this point. Well, I have a confession to make. I have not played a Mario Kart since Double Dash. Wow. I, wow. Re- I really did not like that game, and I've been totally burned out by Mario Kart. Like, um, I didn't play it on the Wii, so I'm not going to judge the game. But like, when I watch footage of it, it just didn't just didn't do anything for me. Wow. You know, it it just looked like one of Nintendo's lesser efforts. I gotta say, I'm back in. I mm. no, is it the graphics that do it, or it wasn't just the gra- I mean, it looked it looked like a creative game, and it looked like it looked like an A-team effort from Nintendo, if, if that makes any sense. Like, the level designs, they just seemed a lot more creative. And um, it's kind of an F-Zero thing going on with the gravity stuff. Yeah. Too. But people... it, no, go ahead. Yeah, it just, it just looked like it had that sheen to it, that polish to it that you know, has been, at least from what I've, what I've noticed, has been missing from Mario Kart for a while. It just Every time I would see that game since the Double Dash days, I just never could get into it. Uh, yeah, that changed for me yesterday. I was very really? impressed by what I saw. That's so strange because I see I'm it in. the other way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I miss Double Dash, actually, because I like the fact that with Double Dash, they did something so different with it, you know, uh, and especially now that we've had so many Mario Karts in a kind of similar vein, I really would appreciate that. But. See, and then I'm like in between you guys because I love the old ones and I love this one. And, Me too. And again, like I know that I'm on the podcast. I'm probably known as the guy who likes pretty much everything. Like I can find good shit and you know, in points and everything. But with Double Dash, I did enjoy that game a lot. But going back to it now, I have a lot of problems with just how it feels kind of floaty and loose. And as far as the the dual person on a cart mechanic goes, and I don't know if I'm going to get lynched for this, but uh, it it's neat. But all it really is is just holding on to a special weapon. You know, well, no, because you can play it two-player that way, and that was a well, lot of fun for okay. me. Again, another game that I could play with my wife because I could control the cart and she could control the weapons, well, and then that was a lot of fun. Well, let me disclaimer that then. Yeah, you're right. I rarely played it like that, so I never really got into that part. Now, if they could amend Mario Kart 8 to have the functionality for multiplayer, that'd be kind of neat. Uh, and I can see the v- validity in it coming back, but um, 
Because you know how it is with these games. One person gets really, really good at it, and then the other person's not that as, no, that you know. True. So, that happens. So what's going to happen? You're going to play it at home, and one person's going to win every single time, and everyone's going to get mad and punch each other and yell at birds, and it's just not going to, you know. <laughs> it, you know it, but Double Dash allowed you to kind of even that up a little bit, and everybody could do something. No, you know and what? Have That's fun. a good so, point. So I'm, I don't know if I want Double Dash back, but doing something to to help that problem would be actually pretty good. I, I do agree with you there. Although, maybe I'm just like a purist or whatever the hell you want to call it, but I would love to see just this Mario Kart as is right now, uh, you know, pretty much just pure unfiltered Mario Kart, and then have a Diddy Kong Racing type thing, where which I know in the, in the Euphonic podcast recently I just played an old song that kind of got some people's memories going. Um, to see like a Diddy Kong Racing done in the style of Sonic Adventure or Sonic All-Star Racing, while yeah. also having that open world of Diddy Kong Racing would be really sweet. And then throw in the double dash mechanics right there, and you've got like one hell of a weird racing game. But I, I, I totally would be fine with them doing something separate. The downside yeah. of that wish is that I don't know if they'll actually do that. Because <laughs> um, Mario well, Kart just play Transformed if you want that, because that's basically, my, in my beat on Sonic Transformed is basically, it's all of Nintendo's great ideas from uh, their racing games all rolled into one game. By Sega, okay, not quite as clear. You know, the development yeah. isn't as solid, but it's still got elements of F Zero and Wave Race, and obviously Mario Kart, and you know, just a handful. Diddy Kong Racing for sure. And I actually do you own know, that so. game. Uh, I I tried it. My nephew comes over with the Xbox version, and he plays it for two seconds. I'm like, this is actually pretty sweet. So then I yeah. ended up buying it on the Wii U just like the day later, and uh, yeah. and I I do like it. My complaint with that game was how. It was. I felt like it was lacking in stages. Like they would repeat a lot of stages before that. I feel like there was a good variety. I guess. Then again, I don't care that much about some of the franchises that were involved, so I didn't have that nostalgia factor. Um, yeah. But the thing I miss about Diddy Kong Racing that I would like to see in this Mario Kart would be some sort of overworld hub, perhaps, or uh, sure. if if they're going to involve you know the hover, kind of like a hover or like a watercraft, I guess. And now we have an anti-gravity craft and stuff like that. It'd be kind of cool to see different challenges based on that. Or like, a, I don't know, Diddy Kong Racing was so unique. And I would love to see something like that again. You know, outside of the Mario world would be fine with me. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could sign on with that. But then again, I guess it's not really the discussion at hand since Mario <laughs> Kart 8 is out. Uh, one thing to bring us back to Mario Kart 8. Um, I've heard some complaints already about how, like, when... When you're going on the like, there's a level that actually the eight is kind of inspired by. It's a Mobius strip type track. We did see footage of it uh, in the trailer, and you know, an eight kind of resembles a Mobius strip, which is uh, a single. You know, it's a it's a strip where a single line connects both sides of the strip, and it's just by twisting it and everything. It's a whole cool little uh, science thing, and people are complaining that when you go upside down. You actually don't st like the camera doesn't stay stationary, and then you just watch yourself go upside down, which I think would be way too disorienting to be fun. So the fact that the camera stays with it, but then you're seeing the angles from the driver's point of view makes total sense. And I don't see why that wouldn't be any more fun than than not doing it that way. Because people are complaining that all it's going to be is just a bunch of branching paths. Which I mean, what else did you expect really from it? Uh, I don't know what kind of super gameplay can come out of that. Um, but to be able to race and then suddenly you realize that, oh, I'm on the roof of Bowser's Castle and you're below, shoot, I gotta, you know, and you're still trying to race, but now you're, you're looking all over the damn screen for your, uh, other drivers and there's 
so much more of an opportunity for shortcuts and other cool things. Um, sure. I really don't understand the negativity towards yeah, that. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all, and I didn't even really notice that until you just brought it up. I, I just thought it looked pretty neat in the trailer, so yeah. mm-hmm. fine by me. I think the problem just because becomes when you inter- introduce like an anti-grav thing, and you're going to be riding up walls, but if you have a stationary camera, well, how do you tell you're riding up a wall? You know, it's still going to all be from a kind of you know, fixed camera view. But it, really, if you look at that trailer, they do show the angles pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, and a lot of that's going to be level like design. Exactly. Exactly. Which right. was great at. Yeah. Because when I saw the the, uh, the direct trailer, I was, you know, I mean, the last two Mario Karts have been my favorite two, and I've, I've put a good amount of time into pretty much every one, I think. But when I saw the trailer during the direct, I was like, you know, that's eh, cool. Yeah, it's another Mario Kart. Yeah, you know, I'll play it. I'll like it. But uh, then I started to watch some of the specific gameplay videos that started surfacing, and man, I was I was starting to get blown away. I mean, this is now my like game of the show because, and it really was that thing about you know when you start doing the anti gravity and going up the walls and stuff. I was very impressed with how I started to feel like you know some kind of inertia or something. Just not even me playing it, just watching. Uh, someone else play it that somehow with the level design or or the physics of how the carts move something really conveyed the fact of not just being on on the ground you know and i don't know i was pleasantly surprised by that i was really impressed i'm excited to try it out and there's a lot of opportunities here like you know you you launch off a ramp and you're flying through the air and then instead of landing on the ground you land on the side of the wall and then you go somewhere else into a tunnel or Think about the uh, the weapon use. I mean, Mario Kart's all about the weapons, and now you're going to have to aim green shells at someone so it goes up a wall and hopefully hits them. And like, It should make for some real chaos, I think, mm-hmm. in a good way, though. I am curious how they're, you know, what they're going to do uh, with like uh, new weapons that they could introduce that would hopefully work with this new aspect of the game. Um, and I have no idea what that, could, what that could mean or what that could be right now, but uh, it'd be nice if they do something... Something new and interesting with that. Something that might reverse your gravity or something. That'd be kind of neat. Oh, that would be cool. You know, flip you up to the top of the top of the track. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Called it now. Call it now. So, <laughs> I actually have an idea for a thread, which I'm going to unleash on Negative World when this podcast is over. So let me ask you guys this question. You guys are the first. How do you think they're going to retrofit the levels for this? Do you, is there any levels that you want to see in the game that you could imagine some cool retrofitting for? Because... In Mario Kart 7, they brought back some old levels and they included a water area or something. You know, they did change them a little bit to fit the mechanics of the game. And so I'm getting really excited to play some old favorites in new ways. <clears throat> Baby Park in a box. That's not called. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, actually. Oh, man, that actually is a great answer. Um, just bring back the ice track just for the music. Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, so, I mean, Rainbow Road, where that's a Mobius strip, that'd be kind of interesting. Mm, That would Uh, be awesome. And then the characters that you are inevitably either way ahead of or way behind, you can, like, see them on the other side of the track. Right. Because everyone always gets spread apart on Rainbow Road, at least in my experience. And they could even make it kind of like, uh, what level was that? Yoshi's um, Yoshi's Valley or Yoshi's... No, it was in the Mario Kart 64. What was that? Yoshi's... Uh, oh, know, the one shaped like Yoshi? I don't think no, it wasn't shaped like Yoshi. Oh, in Mario Kart 64, there was like all the branching brown paths in the in the 
Uh, and there was like no actual like rankings on the on the level. You never knew who was in first. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one that's sort of chaotic. You could fall yeah. off into the hole. Or yeah, and then there was yeah. different paths. You didn't know which one was quicker. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. What if they made a rainbow road like that? And then you also could be underneath. Like so, whenever you saw anyone, you just didn't know. It was like one of those rooms where the stairs never end, and you just don't know where the hell anyone is. Just all of a sudden, across the finish line, and yeah, yeah, I won. How the (laughs) right? Yeah, you just don't know until uh, until and you're so you're shooting at people who you know you're trying to aim your green shell at someone you see in front of you, and actually they could be like three rankings behind you, and it doesn't even matter. But that'd be that'd be some wacky ass like. You know, Miyamoto smoking a joint, kind of. Just getting closer to like balloon battles now. I think. Oh, that'd be pretty wild too. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I am glad the coins are making a return because I really like that from Seven. Yeah, yeah, I did too. You know, I thought that actually made it so that like there was some incentive for not necessarily like everyone going on the same, you know, best path because if you only have two coins. And you know all the you know there's a cluster of coins on the mediocre path or something. Then you know now you have incentive to do that. So very the, glad to see that return. The coins were my one of the reasons I disliked the Super Nintendo version so much. But Mario Kart Seven did turn me right onto them. I did like how they were implemented there, and to see them here is uh, is just fine with me. Yep. So that's really all that had to be said. I, apparently, um, that was a bad joke right there. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, a few things that I read in an article were saying that Nintendo is dubbing this as the definitive Mario Kart. The online is going to be the best they've ever had. Um, Miiverse is going to be used for, I believe, 30-second clips of races that you can share or like replay data in general with people, so you can actually upload that, maybe maybe view it in Miiverse. I'm not even sure if that's possible or what they're going to do there, but they're talking about that sort of thing, so that's kind of nice. Uh, I think that sounds cool because that's one of the features that the uh, PS4 and Xbox One have talked about that I actually am quite jealous of because uh, stuff like that I think is just you know really social and really fun. So, and I don't, I, I'm not too concerned with that sort of thing. It is social and it is fun, but I'm I'm not going to spend that much time personally, you know, watching people's clips. I'd rather be playing the game or doing something else. But to see people celebrating a really awesome 30 second you know, like a segment of the race or something, or if you could choose maybe part of your replay to send out there, like a highlight reel, that'd be mm-hmm. kind of neat. I don't know if they're going to break it down that deep, but they have It'll probably be full of glitches and stuff too. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> right. Like, look Big like head Mario, here. what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Open up a whole new kind of discussion on the Miiverse. Oh. And, um, well, they have till spring 2014 to do this because that's when they're releasing it. My guess right now is it's going to be in April uh, of 2014. Yeah. But that's just kind of me. similar to how uh, the Wii version came out, kind of late spring, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, because I don't see them wanting to wait till close to summer for this. And I yeah. think, I mean, well, we all know they're going to have a slump in in winter. They do every year, so I, think this I is bet they'll. Be the, I bet they'll do March just to get it in before the end of the uh, fiscal, fiscal year. Mm. That's kind of like how they did with Brawl. Right, yeah, well, I take it. Well, you know, another thing that a lot of people don't talk about too much with Mario Kart, but is it not, like, one of the best sellers that Nintendo has on any of its platforms? So, like, when we're sitting here, you know, talking about, you know, what's going to jumpstart the Wii U and all that, 
who knows? I mean, this could be it. Yeah, and so they have incentive to get it out ASAP. I was kind of surprised it wasn't coming out this fall. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was expecting that. But if, they, sure. if they're using the time to refine it, make it look even better, to like mess with Carlos's mind even further. Uh, <laughs> he was losing his mind there. No, I can't. You know, I, I do really appreciate some users who do that sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. there's no there's no question, at least in my mind, this is uh, this is one of the better efforts I've seen out of them for Mario yep. Kart in a while. Um, like I said, I've had a pretty long break from it now. Good time to get back in. I think the two things that are really see if this holds water or not, one will be the online, if it's truly the best. If Because even Mario Kart 7 had some issues that just like silly decisions that didn't need to be there. As far as no ghosts, and stuff. And, I can't uh, believe there were no ghosts in Mario Kart Seven. Right, um, I was so pissed about that. I really hope that they bring them back for eight. Which I would, I will suspect they will. So I think the online is going to be the key factor number one, and the other factor is going to be level design. Yeah, you know, if they have really cool levels, if they're not too generic, which some people are concerned about, but I don't think they're showing off their best stuff yet anyway. Yeah. Um, well, that's what's going to make the difference for me. I didn't want to sound like I was down on Mario Kart 8. It's just if the level design is really there and everyone's like really going into it saying this is, you know, I mean, if, if Greg is right and it's the best effort they've had in a while, I'll still turn up because it's Mario Kart and I love it. But I've just, I've, over the last few years, I've just had so much Mario Kart that it's like, man, I don't know. I'm just getting a little, I didn't see anything in that that said to me, you know, you need more. You can only eat so much pie, you know what I mean? Eat four pieces of pie, you don't want the fifth, you know? That's kind of where I'm at right now. Have you tried pie? Yeah, tell it to <laughs> well, That's true. That's true, actually. I'm just <laughs> but all right, so that's Mario Kart 8. And, uh, you know, people are a little mixed on it, but I think overall it's going to be a good game. You know, it's a personal issue, uh, whether or not it's worth your time or not. Um, but I hope everyone plays it and gives it a shot at least, you know. Because I work for Nintendo PR, apparently. Uh, let's move on to what Retro is doing, everybody. It's so cool and not expected. And um, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this. But Retro Studios is currently working on Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is not a Slurpee flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not working on Metroid, not working on Star Fox, they're not working on Zelda. It's Donkey Kong Country. And personally... I'm pretty cool with it because I love the first one and I always did want more. I don't want more more than I want Metroid Prime 4 or something like that, but uh, I suspect that they're probably almost done with this. It is coming in November and I feel like they probably have some resources working on their next game, which probably would be a Metroid game. So I don't think that this means that they're, they're super far behind or not even started on something else. I think at this point they're probably just refining and and that and splitting their team up, perhaps. Personal belief. Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, you know, you know, there was that initial disappointment because, yeah, probably number one on my list of things I wanted Retro to do is a new IP. And then probably Metroid right after that. But hey, heck of a consolation prize that you know we're getting the sequel to, you know, one of my favorite games of the generation. I really love Returns. Uh, this is my most wanted game out of the show. I think it looks great. Uh, yeah, there was like five minutes there where I was like, oh, man, I really want a new Metroid. Now it's like, I really don't want anything else than a new Donkey Kong Country. I'm kind of with you on that, Greg. I mean, yeah, there's the first, th- I mean, I wanted Retro to move 
at least try something different. I wanted Star Fox, to be honest. I thought Retro would have made a killer Star Fox, but uh, but Donkey Kong Country Returns is is amazing. And I'm not even that big of a fan of the rare games, to be honest with you. Oh, me like, either. yeah, but but Returns was just everything those games weren't, in my opinion. You know, and uh, so. And the truth is, I mean, the team that made that is still there for the most part. So it's not just a, a sequel to it. It's a sequel basically by the same guys. So, and it just looks great. So that's the thing that I'm most interested in. That's the, the one really must-have game that I saw. I feel like it's their, almost their Donkey Kong Galaxy 2 in a way. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they didn't, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't do any ice levels. They didn't do any water levels in the first game. And, you know, that was kind of the highlight of the trailer yesterday. You're starting to think, well, you know, maybe they had all these great ideas for the first one, didn't make it in. You know, now we're seeing, you know, Retro going crazy with all the ideas they didn't use. I- I'm really excited for it. I think it looks awesome. And there's that article that came out, that interview that stated where they pretty much had the option of either doing Metroid or Donkey Kong. And they chose Donkey Kong because of exactly what you were saying. They had all these ideas that were just unused and they wanted to see that out there and I, I can imagine that this game releasing means we won't see another one like it for a long time and instead they'll work on a Metroid I think next and then after that I think they might try a new IP well yeah and you gotta remember I mean they worked on only Metroid for three straight games mm-hmm. you know plus yeah. you know whatever they did for the trilogy so I mean people are talking oh man why are they working on another Donkey Kong I mean you gotta put yourself in their shoes they were probably tired of doing Metroid yeah. so yeah. And, That's probably a good point. And they want to impress on the Wii U to keep their reputation up, and here they have a great core game that they can now polish the hell out of and throw in a bunch of new stuff. I think it's a great chance for them as a company just to shine like that. And I know that a new IP could potentially be great, but it also could potentially be tough and troubling. And and maybe, let's see, I mean, it's supposed to release in November of this year, so that is a year in the Wii U's life cycle. I don't know if they would have wanted to wait even longer to work on something, a brand new IP, and then have only one game midway through the, the, the cycle. You know what I mean? They get this out of the way now. They have a really great game that gets them money. Now they go on and do something. Uh, yeah, and, and Returns sold a ton. Right. And I'm sure if this one does you know, well, as, you know, that's going to give you know, Retro more opportunities to maybe do something different. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for them, win-win for them. Yeah. yeah, someone pointed out, I don't know if it was Jargon, or someone had the numbers and said that Returns sold more than all of the Metroids they did, all the Primes put together. Yeah, I saw something. that. Really? Yeah, if that's wow. true, I mean, then it's kind of a no-brainer. But, yeah. but the thing is, it, you know, like, I like how Greg said it, you know, <laughs> good know. consolation prize, you know, great game, you know. You know, I, I kind of, I feel, I feel a little uh, weird with this game because for one of the first times, I feel like uh, when people complain about Nintendo sequels, when they're like, uh, "Like, oh, this is this is boring," and I've seen this before. Oh, I'm gonna love it and have a ton of fun with it. But uh, that's kind of how I feel for some reason. I'm like, like when I saw this is like the surprise of the show, I was just kind of like, "Eh, okay, that's cool." I know I'm going to love it. I know I'm going to have a ton of fun with it. But for some reason, I'm just not that excited by it. Do you know what I mean? Well, obviously, you guys don't because it's like your games of the show. But um, shut the hell up. Yeah, really. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying, though. I mean, it's, it's nice that we have different perspectives right now. Sure, sure. Like, uh, Chris and Greg seem to be pretty hyped for it. I feel I, I, excited, but like 
middle of the road because I, you know, I, I too want it, but I, I want other things even more and everything. And, and you seem kind of lukewarm to it. And, and that's fine to have those opinions because we're all going to have them. And that, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, when I eventually get a Wii U that it couldn't possibly be one of the first couple games I get. I mean, that's how great it looks. I mean, looking at it, you know, with the underwater bits and. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna just stare at that fur for hours. Um, no, but uh, but I don't know. But for for some reason, I was just sort of you know when I found that that was like the surprise they were holding back, and in you know, this means no Metroid. And, you know, I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact too that uh, DKCR 3DS uh, just came out like last week, and so it's almost like a fresh game in our minds. Because there's the new levels there, and it's kind of like, oh, it's still around. It's it's not that old. It doesn't yeah. feel like so. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not surprising. You know, yeah. it's it's a great. It's it, it still looks like a great game, but it's not going to surprise you at all. I mean, the game will surprise you, but the announcement wasn't right, surprising. Right, right. And I guess I really was just really expecting. You know, maybe I didn't fully comprehend this idea uh, that retro. You know, would be choosing to do something else instead of a sequel to Donkey Kong. That, that if they had decided to do Star Fox or Metroid, that means it would be a while before we get another Donkey Kong. For some reason, I just sort of had it in my mind that any time now we were going to see a sequel. So so that could be part of it as well. But um, the enemy so, designs do look pretty awesome, though. I, I am a fan that of little Donkey bunny, yeah. that little That cartoon bunny that's all like pissed off, a little Arctic <laughs> rabbit, he looks awesome. I like yeah. the owl. <laughs> that sort of cockeyed owl. That's funny. Give me yeah, you know if you want to make anything better, add Vikings. <laughs> Give me uh okay, really quick I want to vote around the uh the non tangible or intangible table. The room. Yeah. Um you know, rank in, in your order the Kremlings, the Tiki's, and the Vikings. Uh Greg. Uh, Vikings. Vikings then And what? Vikings make everything better. So how's it go for you? Vikings, then what? Tiki's or Kremlings? I'd go the Kremlings and then the Tiki's, tiki's. afterwards. All right, Chris? I'd go Vikings first, Tiki's under that, and then quite a ways down would be the Kremlings. Yeah, ouch. Kremlings hurting. Joe? Uh, Vikings, Tiki's, and then moderately down, <laughs> Kremlings. Wow, so three for three. I'm going to have to go with Vikings, Tiki's. What's it going to be? <laughs> and Kremlings. I actually... Donkey Kong 64 got me to appreciate the Kremlings because I played that before any of the DKC games, and I thought they were kind of fun and funny in that game, but uh, I've never been that impressed with the Kremlings uh, going back and playing them mm. now. I thought the Tikus were pretty unique and kind of almost insane, Yeah, and mm. uh, I kind of like their maniacal alien mindsets, but the Vikings do look really cool. Yep. Just the whole concept of Vikings. and um, Yep. Tikis were weird, but they were kind of too weird. They were almost dark in in some instances, yeah, like, yeah. like creepy. Yeah, there was a couple a little couple animations where my wife and I were like, "What's <laughs> going on here?" Right, it's like but, the Exorcist. Yeah, but still definitely fun, definitely cool. So uh, interesting. I'm glad we're all unanimous, just because that makes it easy. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention was the mod or the two player multiplayer is back, and this time it's not just Donkey and Diddy; it's actually Dixie as well who's kind of got a, like a float situation going on. I mean, Diddy did too, but this seems different. Uh, kind of like how she used to be in DKC 
three? What? No, two? Yeah. I don't three, know. right? So Wasn't that two? I forget. I, I've only played the first uh, one with any sort of real um, dedication, so I don't really recall. But uh, And then I heard that there was a rumor of another character, possibly. But I don't know. We don't know who that is. As far Could as we as. see Funky? That's who I would think. Just because he popped up in Cart 7. Right. But, oh. Uh, was it in 7? I know it was in the Wii game. Was it was in, he seven? in 7? Oh, was it in Wii? I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe the Wii version. See, I'll yeah, tell you, I'm getting all confused at this point. <laughs> well, now even I'm not sure. So No, he was in the Wii. I don't remember. No, I don't think he was in uh, Mario Kart okay. 7. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that could be it. I but, uh, hope, you know, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I really hope there's another uh, Donkey Kong rap, though. That's what I'm really <laughs> itching for. Mm. <laughs> okay, Chris? No, I was just going to say that uh, I'm not uh, that interested in the extended Kong family. To me, I'd be happy if it was just those three and Cranky. And that's pretty much enough for me, you know. Funky's cool, but you know, then there's all the Tiny Kong and Kitty Kong Slide and Kong. Yeah. I mean, Funky's, yeah. Funky's right Skinny on the border. Kong. Yeah, beyond Funky, it gets a little iffy. <laughs> I do like they're they're sort of the Sonic friends of the Nintendo universe, aren't they? You know, kind of <laughs> yeah. all these yeah, monkeys really. you don't care about, you know. <laughs> Big the cat Kong. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I, but I don't think Retro is stupid enough to do that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They are so capable as a developer that if they're going to include a character, it's going to have a purpose. Now, maybe the whole blowing the uh, the dandelion thing was was not necessary or whatever. Um, that's like the one thing in the series that maybe they didn't need to do, but or the motion controls or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, we probably won't have to do any shaking to roll, right? Because they wouldn't make you like shake the whole gamepad. That's the thing I was wondering about because they. I watched a demo of it yesterday, and they had, they were using the Wiimote and nunchuck, and they were still using the, you know, shaking that to roll. So I'm wondering if were they really? You saw that? Yeah. So I, uh, they, they even had the prompts showing up on screen to to shake it to move. So I'm wondering if they said it's going to support the gamepad. So yeah, I think they'll have both because after okay. the backlash, they're not going to limit it just to that. Even Miyamoto, who was the guy who apparently had the brain. Uh, the brain brilliance, so to speak, uh, for that idea that didn't go over so well. Um, I don't think even he would agree to have that in there as a sole option. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. thought it was interesting that that's how they were demoing it, kind of as the... Well, I, I didn't see if they had the gamepad there, too, but at least the demo I was watching it, they were using the you know the Wii controls. I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so that's... DKC Tropical Freeze. We don't really know that much about it except for you know, what we've already discussed. So coming out again in November 2013. In HD. In HD with donkey fur. Um, <laughs> not real donkey fur. but uh, So that leaves us with a little bit of time left in our recording. And we have four more games we wanted to mention. Um, up we have Milosoft's X, which still does not have a name. Which does not it be the name? I'm, am I the only one who thinks it's possible? It could just go by X. Is that too out of left field? It might. They could just, I <laughs> At mean, this point, because of this trailer, I could say that. Before, I was thinking it was just the placeholder, but so I kind of um, think that's a badass name. Just X. Mm-hmm. Come on. Imagine what the box art's going to be. That's going to be weird. I don't think the I've X seen a box. Game. Oh. Geez. oh. oh. Ooh. Play Xbox on your Nintendo. What? <laughs> um, 
but yeah, Milosov's X. Uh, I I mean, there's people who listen to the podcast should know too that I'm despite not having actually beaten it, I'm very close. I love Xenoblade, and that's my only experience with that whole kind of series. Um, so I don't have a lot of history to go on. But Milosov right now for me is just the name itself just brings love into my heart. And when I was watching this trailer, this is the first time I mentioned of the two that I literally gasped out <laughs> loud. Like, I'm seeing this guy walking. I'm just, okay, walking, dude, whatever. Then Model of Soft comes up, and I freaking, like, yelped because uh, I was so excited. And the trailer wasn't that glorious. It wasn't as impactful as the first one, which, you know, had that awesome bombastic music with the, the kind of chorus going on, and then you had them fighting, and you had the mechs, and it was so, like, in your face. And this one was more... Like, I feel like some people are trying to convince themselves why this one was important. And maybe that's just justified, but I think they were really focusing on the world because you had, they, they showed off a lot of the great locales again and the big open spaces. And then even the urban areas or the uh, factory or whatever that guy was in, it seemed a lot more alive than Xenoblade ever did. Xenoblade always had a few people and they were just kind of like walking around. Um, kind of on this predetermined path, and I'm sure that's not going to change that much, but I feel like their their motions were very simple, and I, now I'm seeing a trailer where the world seems much more alive, uh, whether it's, you know, kind of an organic life out in the fields and the plains and stuff, or it's a, you know, like, like have you guys, uh, Greg and Chris, have you guys played Xenoblade? I have not, no. No. Okay, well, there's a section in... Um, in, uh, in Xenoblade where you're kind of in this very robotic factory type place and there's enemies but that's it like it still feels very at some points it feels very kind of naked of a world it's big and it's beautiful but it doesn't have a lot of movement going on and I think that's beautiful this... and naked <laughs> that's <laughs> how Steven likes them <laughs> <laughs> amen uh, yeah so and I actually totally heard that in my head when I was saying that so it's funny um so I feel like the point of this trailer was to emphasize the world, the life in this world, and and then I was reading a little bit of it afterwards, some impressions, and I think they're really working hard at making as seamless of a world as possible. So you can hop on a mech and just fly wherever you want, and you can do that in Xenoblade with a lot of respects, but there still are load times in between sections, and I wonder if they're trying to actually get rid of that too. So to have a huge HD beautiful world, which this is one of the most beautiful looking games on the Wii U right now, to have that and then to have like low to no loading times because of just smart loading, you know, mm. as you approach an area, they start preloading it in the background, that kind of thing. Um, that would be just amazing to run around in. And there are some similarities to Monster Hunter in that regard, even though Monster Hunter still has its own load times between areas and such, but... Um, then again, Xenoblade, I think, looks kind of like Monster Hunter as well. So, I mean, I don't, see, I don't take the comparisons as bad. But mm-hmm. that's, that's what I got out of the whole thing. And, and afterwards, I was still just super psyched. So, I don't know about you guys. I mean, somebody stopped me from babbling too much. Uh, I think, yeah, I was, you know, this is a game that I'm sure I was going to get eventually no matter what because of my positive experiences with the first one but um yeah i think in this one it, it this trailer did get me a little bit more hype just because i really am attracted to the the mech idea and doing more with that um in the first game the mechs weren't on your team so to speak right. uh so uh, i am i'm very glad to see that that will be a uh you know seemingly an important 
part of the game uh, of the and of the way you get around and everything as a as a means of traversal, I think it looks like a lot of fun. So that interested me a lot. Yeah, and again, just from the first trailer, not so much necessarily the second one, but just to see your character just running up to some kind of robotic thing and then just hopping in and then just going. Mm. I mean, that's like the equivalent of like Bond running to his freaking car and just speeding off and shooting bullets back at the enemy and saying, mm-hmm. you know, piss off and uh, I'm stylish as hell. It's yeah, a weird analogy, but. It uh, it gets me just really excited, and well, and as as we talked about with uh, even on the euphonic when we were describing um, walking around in that um, uh, what's it called Valak Mountain, mm-hmm. um, you know, really just the way not only the size of the world and the the detail of it, but just the way that you uh, move across it was really I think a big part of what was enjoyable about that game. So the fact that these mechs. Uh, not, not only are they cool because you know it's just like a different uh, means of attack or defense, or whatever, but it, that it will really, I think, change how you move across the environment because not only can they fly, but I think at some point we saw it sort of transforming into, like a you vehicle. know, some yeah, 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 like a you know, yeah, like a yeah. fast tank or something. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking of the possibilities with, uh, you know, in the first game, for instance, you know, there was a lot of like jumping off of high ledges into the water, but now, you know, you'll be able to jump off a high ledge and now maybe you'll launch into like a, you know, carrying yourself over some ravine or something because now you have a mech and you can get to, you know, maybe there's like a cave that's high up or something like that, Uh, which I just think will make, yes, yes, I think that's it exactly. The exploration could get a lot more interesting, a lot more like, exciting. So. Remember the um, uh, is it like Etrian Sea or whatever it's called, uh, which had the floating islands and such. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, know, you had to teleport around that because yep. that's just the nature. They were all linked by little teleports, and yep. that was almost like a maze, and that was maybe part of the function of it. But now you can fly to mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and and you're limited on juice, so you have to kind of pick your flight patterns wisely. But it does open up the exploration and. And I have no idea what they're going to do with the next Zelda, but if Skyward Sword's any indication, they're not going to focus that much on exploration. I mean, there is, but it's still going to be very tailored to the experience and to the point of the plot and all that. And Xenoblade showed me, it opened my eyes to a world where I can literally just roam in this beautiful, lush world. And on the Wii itself, it was so beautiful, I couldn't believe it. The Wii U, with its HD graphics and lack of limitations in that regard, I'm so excited because even if I sucked at the game, I hope I would at least be able to unlock just new locations. You know, like that's such sure, a draw sure. for me. Yeah, um, you would get experience from just finding new locations. I mean, which that is was... one of the most brilliant. Yeah, that's one of the most brilliant like ideas of that game. Yep. Finding a freaking hidden cave or like one of those yep. uh, cliffs that you were talking about, where you jump off and stuff, and then you get you know X amount of XP and yeah. you level up just for finding it, and that's cool because experience points you know shouldn't be limited to just f- fighting. Right. But uh, so I think it's going to be one of those games that's going to have another, like another great story because Xenoblade's got a really unique story that's uh, pretty good. It's going to have these lush locations and that seem to be pretty alive now, and the exploration is going to be even more enhanced. So, have they said if this one is like a prequel or or what? Because okay, because I'm really curious if this, you know, if it'll be like the. Final Fantasy model where they're kind of they just kind of like a reboot and uh, you know it's like a very similar world but it's not the same world right 
because uh, I don't know where they could possibly go based on the events of the first game. Yeah, but, I haven't even finished it yet, but I can yeah. already tell that I don't know where they would go. And some people yep. were saying that. Well, some people were like, "Well, there's going to be a third, uh, a third beast or whatever that uh, whatever they call them." Um, you know, Bionis and Lacanus, and then there'd yep, be like yep, the yep. Alanis Morissetta. Uh, um, but I mean, that doesn't make any sense in terms of the story, but. Uh, so I can see that, yeah, you know, just somewhere else in the universe of that, there's something else going on. I, I don't need them to connect the dots for me or anything. But at the same time, they are being super secretive with his damn, with the main character's looks. Right. So what's that about? And I wouldn't want it necessarily to take place on the Bionis and the Mechonis and that whole world because no. I've, you know, you've seen so much of it. Yeah, I feel like that's, you know, that's, I don't want to say been done because that kind of has a negative connotation, but I think that's all wrapped up nice and neat and tidy so yeah. we'll see you know can i ask our guests what if you haven't played the uh first xenoblade chronicles what was it that kept you away is it just like the fact that it's a hundred hour monster of a game or pretty much that <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> okay well, that's understandable well, it, it's a hundred hour monster and it's a hundred dollars to get get at this point so right. it's uh, uh, you yes. know you know that that's the big problem with Xenoblade is that it came out at a time when I just wasn't keeping up because I had some other stuff going on in my life and it was just so they finally announced it to a, and released it to a small group and that whole fight about whether they should have done it that way or not but uh, you know and now though it's just impossible to get in unless you just really love JRPGs so much that you're willing to pay a hundred and something dollars to to get to play so sure well sure. luckily I don't think that'll be an issue with the new game. Because one, people yeah. are, you know, you're currently aware of it, but also uh, I think that Nintendo knows there's a market for it now in America, so they're obviously marketing it to America as well. It's, it, I mean, yeah. the, the trailers. Did anybody, have we ever gotten a good answer for why they were so reticent to to release that game? I mean, it, no. Do you mean to release it in the first place or to have such a limited release? Well, to release in the first place, really. But then, I mean, both of those, I guess they're tied to the same answer. I mean, they must have not had much faith that it was going to sell, right? I mean... I will never fully understand because... <laughs> I don't know if they didn't just view it as, you know, part of their strategy over here with, you know, the Wii Fit, you know, Wii Sports yeah. types of games. I don't know if they, for whatever reason, they felt that, you know, Xenoblade and Last Story and them were, I guess counterintuitive to that strategy but for whatever reason it just doesn't make sense to me i mean you know everybody who bought a wii fit they're not it's not even going to register on their on their oh, no. radar no. you know what i mean so like it's not like oh yeah xenoblade's going to bring our 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 market down or something I mean, what you know like the, yeah. i just yeah, never got the argument you know like it, it just seemed like very bizarre and i know we could talk about that all all night but I mean, the, the, the reality of the situation is if you're a guy like me who's somewhat interested in Xenoblade Chronicles, not somebody who was marking the day that it was released on his calendar, you know, it's just kind of impossible to get into. No, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, I'm not, I don't mean that insulting. I just mean, you know, for me, it was just not a huge priority. And then once it passed by, now it just becomes impossible well, to go back to. I was totally in, in your same boat uh, initially. And then it was maybe like a month before, like, well, maybe like a month before it actually was pre-ordered or whatever. Um, or was it pre-ordered? Yeah, you could pre-order, but only from Nintendo's site or or GameStop, GameStop wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so it was only about like a month before that announcement that I even started looking at it. Before I was just like, why would I like this? You know, RPGs like this, I'm just not that into. But uh, but I realized this whole side of me that 
you know, just liked it large and, you know, yeah. well, I think said. this is, well, I think this is kind of getting at what could have been an explanation is that recently JRPGs have not exactly been, uh, you know, topping the sales charts, no matter what the platform, no matter what the presentation. So that you could kind of understand, but I think what was different about the Rainfall games was that there was like a quality level there, or there was a uniqueness there that I think went a little bit beyond, you know, just the typical release of a JRPG. So yeah. I think that's well, I think ultimately also, why there was such fervor to get them and why ultimately they did come. But we were also in the middle of a huge drought, you know, like where were the games? And there were right, these three sure. games out there that even if JRPGs aren't your thing, you know, hey, what else do you got to play? Go for it, you know? Sure. Whereas. Well, I think- Think what well, I was just going to say, like on the the other consoles, didn't really have the droughts, and so maybe some of their JRPGs sort of slid into the background of their release schedule. You know, I don't know. 2011 and 2012 were, I mean, outside of you know Skyward Sword, it was real dry, and you're just like, all right, you got these three games sitting here, you know, why aren't they over here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a whole different discussion that we've kind of dove into, but uh, <laughs> I do think that this game looks great. And it's coming out in 2014. They haven't specified it further than that, uh, which I guess I'm okay with. There's so much good stuff coming out before then, um, except for Mario Golf. Damn it. <laughs> uh, had to fit that in there somewhere. Um, that it, I, I think it'll be great. Just you know, As we see more of it, it's going to just unravel into uh, something very cool. And I don't think Nintendo's going to screw this up this time. So <laughs> I have faith. Truth. I also have a segue to our next game, which is The Legend of uh, Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. So we got a official title for that, which, what do you guys think about the title? I think it sounds good to me. It's fine. Yeah. It sounds good. It's simple. It's not like, you know, it doesn't have the initials of toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> that's a good start. Um, but uh, people are, I mean, did you guys watch the trailer for it? I the, caught it. It didn't seem like it was... You know, much difference, much different from what got showed off, you know, a few months back. Yeah, and I mean, let me just say too that they didn't actually show anything about it in the Nintendo Direct. I mentioned it only because it technically showed up when they were showing some footage of the E3 show floor, and you could see the new title and everything. So I wanted to at least mention the new title. But yeah, uh, there was a trailer that released afterwards, and I haven't seen it, but I've heard people mentioning that you still see a lot of the same overworld that you did in Link to the Past, and that concerns people. Are you guys concerned about this rehashing too much? Well, one thing, let me just throw this out there since we're talking about the title and possible rehashing. Doesn't it kind of seem like um, with the with a link to the past, like the big thing was you get to what you think is the end, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, I'm only halfway done, you know, right. with with the whole dark world thing. And it seems like with this game, not only with the title, but also with the logo that's got the the, the flip. Yeah, the yeah. black flip Triforce. Doesn't it kind of feel like they're almost like um, like teasing a reveal that we all already know? You know what I mean? It does like, feel like um, like the end of Back to the Future when Doc Brown comes back and it's like, Marty, you know, you got to come with me. And they're kind of like, <laughs> hey, we got to do this all over again. And then it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like that part of the movie, I think. Yeah. Up into the, to the Back to the Future yeah. 2. And I'm not even 
pointing it out as a necessarily bad thing or oh, uh, you know, indication. Oh, of, Zelda. <laughs> but it just, I don't know, strikes me as curious. I hope they don't treat that aspect of it as like a big surprise to everybody right. jumping into the game. Right. Like I hope they play it like, yeah, we know about this and we're just going to roll with it and here's this right. Right. Here's new, new story in the same world. Yeah, like, I mean, I won't mind going back to the Dark World as long as it's uh, some major stuff's happened in it, you know? Mm. If Ganon just, like, bubbling back out of the lava pit or whatever the hell he is right now, um, then, I mean, that's going to be kind of boring. But if it's, I don't know, I, I feel like, now that I'm thinking about it, there's going to be a cheesy bunny moment just to, like, <laughs> pay homage. Of course. Um, that's probably the first thing they, they programmed. But uh, <laughs> I think it could be cool... I am a little skeptical, I guess, about the the same overworld type concept that you're starting to see unravel. The first trailer showed uh, that dungeon that was similar in a couple aspects, but obviously we've seen a lot of stuff that's different too. So I'm wondering if maybe it will be the link to the past, like map, but then expanded on. Uh, whether that means more grottos and secrets, or if literally the edge of the map continues, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's got to be a dark world element to it as well. So I don't know how big they'd want the main world if they've got to duplicate it. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough call. I, I feel like we still haven't been shown enough of this game. It's coming out in the fall, isn't it? That was announced a while ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. As far as I yeah. know, yeah. So that and Wind Waker HD were supposed to come out uh, this year. So I'm surprised how little we do know about it. But I guess. You know, they're going to have some sort of Nintendo Direct and blow it out eventually. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun. You know, I had a Genesis growing up, so I actually didn't play Link to the Past until back <laughs> August last year. So, like, to me, it's a very timely sequel. I just sort of finished the first game last year, so now I, I got a new one coming. So, uh, Yeah, I just played it. Uh, I replayed it last year just basically because I hadn't played it in so long I totally forgot what A Link to the Past was all about so yeah, yeah it's not terrible timing for me either Yeah, I, I, but I'm not really worried even having just played it for the first time I'm not too worried about it taking place in the same world uh, you know because I'm sure they'll change it up enough and even if they don't hey what Link to the Past 1.5 would still be pretty awesome wouldn't it you know like with updated graphics you know yeah I feel like seeing the uh, you know what is that, that that power with the you know where you turn into a painting or whatever Sure. Uh, I feel like them showing us that is something that we can, I think, take as like a show of good faith that this will have some radical differences and some big changes, you know. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Because if that's, if that's what they're showing now, not that, the, not that the whole rest of the game will be so radically different, but I think it just shows that they are keeping in mind that this isn't just, you know, to be a 1.5. And maybe my memory's lapsing, but I feel like Nintendo these days really tries hard not to do that because they know they're going to get shit for it. So I feel like they, when they do kind of do something similar to a past game, they do want to change it up enough so you can't just point fingers at them. It can be inspired by, but not, uh, you know, a copy of. Mm. And I don't think they're going to do that here either. I think they know better. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, okay. You know, short and sweet. There wasn't much said about Zola, so we'll move on. Yeah, to, the uh, trailer... I didn't notice anything in the trailer that wasn't already shown. Okay. Sure. So there you go. So don't go watch that, everyone. <laughs> I'll go watch it anyways. Yeah. It still well, looks good. Is the tra- do we know if the trailer's on the eShop? No. Well, probably. No, we don't know. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, yeah. Oh, hey. 
I'm not silented. What was that? <laughs> it was my phone. Um, I think Fink just got a coin. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> okay, that's dealt with. Um, we got through almost the whole podcast without an issue. I never have my phone on uh, during the podcast. Uh, anyway, so that, you know, actually, no, I'm sorry. That was the changing topic tone. You guys haven't heard that yet, but oh, okay. bring us to our next topic. Uh, the wonderful 101. Yeah. Yeah. September 15th release date. Uh, they taught us about drawing on the tablet for attacks. And like the greater you're drawing, like, you know, the bigger your lines, the greater strength, and the more people you use in your kind of collaborative attack moves. And five player multiplayer, where everyone's got their own little pod of people, which was kind of a cool thing. And uh, they didn't say too much about it, but they did say they're going to do an Nintendo Direct just for the game coming up. Yeah. So sometime in the yep. next three months maybe that's nice i i played this one at the wii u live event they had last year uh the little demo that they had and it won me over at the booth i wasn't you know when i first saw it i thought it looked a little weird and that it might be much fun to play but once i got my hands on it it yeah you know i got really excited for it so i'm kind of pumped for the release i think i, I it looks like they improved the touchpad interface too before it was just kind of a black screen kind of thing now they've got like that little radar where you can see all your little men and you can kind of connect the dots there and i thought that was a a really good positive thing because the one thing that is confusing about wonderful 101 is how you know well what am i doing am i making the right shape here you know am i collecting the right guys you know and uh it looks like that's going to help out a lot so i don't know if it will be fun i mean the, the main thing that the only concern that i had after playing it was that I wasn't sure if it would still be, you know, if it's a game that would be fun for 15 hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it may be a game that's fun for a little while and then wears off. That's the only concern I have. But in general, I mean, I think it's, it's more exciting than it looks, I think, is what I would say. Yeah, I think it's going to be a game where trying it really will help you believe in it. Because yeah. right now it just looks like a hectic Pikmin, and I know it's more than that. It's an action game and not like a strategy game, but... Uh, like his beautiful Joe meets Peekman in, in many respects. Um, I think people are going to have to try it though to really understand it. But I think that's true. The feeling yeah. of actually creating your moves and everything, as opposed to just like right now you see him and it's like, okay, cool, he's a gun, he's a sword. But uh, to be be in control, of that will be a big draw for what the game is really about. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of the games at the show that you know really takes full advantage of the gamepad. So you kind of kind of don't get everything it's doing just by watching the videos of it but i mean it's doing a lot of really cool stuff it's a kamiya game so it's going to be it's going to be really stylish really fun uh there's probably going to be a boss rush in it <laughs> right but um yeah i'm really i'm really looking forward to it I, I just think it's unfortunate it's coming out like the same day as GTA i hope it doesn't get wow. i hope it doesn't get overshadowed that's that's kind of my one concern is that it won't get the attention it deserves, but but I hope it gets I hope it gets its due. It looks really cool, really crazy. I mean, these are the type of games I think we need a lot more of. Sure, uh, yeah. There wasn't a whole lot like this at E3, just with that kind of just insane style. Uh, that you know, beautiful Joe kind of meets the Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. But then also the just like you said, the fact that it utilizes the gamepad so well. So it's not a situation where the gamepad's just like there, you know, it, as a map or something like that. Right. I mean it Take that, Jeff Keeley. Although I'm curious about something. Like what's the story <laughs> with the um the five player multiplayer? 
because that sort of suggests that you would all be playing in the same room, that five-player thing, right? I mean, so how are they going to do that without five game pads? You know, because it's so reliable. It's probably going to be that, the whole uh, asymmetrical gameplay, right? Someone's going to be the, someone's probably going to be in control of everything. But they showed clips where it was like everybody had, but they, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's that's a mystery sort of, to me. It could be linked to button presses. I don't know. You got a point there, though. That is an interesting observation. Or Maybe the games come in bundled with uh, four game pads. <laughs> Two hundred dollars. No, one for one hundred and one could be one hundred and one dollars. But uh, but yeah. So you know, we didn't learn that much more about it. There was a cool trailer. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more soon enough at the next Nintendo Direct. Well, not the next, but the one for it. So, which could very well be the next one. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we'll move on to uh, our final game that we'll talk about. And pretty much this this will cover everything that the Nintendo Direct mentioned. Um, so any of those you know detectives out there who can narrow it down what we haven't talked about. Uh, the last game on our list is Bayonetta 2, also known as uh, Crotch Shot 2. Yeah. The final <laughs> shot. Um, you know, it was really funny because Iwata was talking about, like, he kept hyping it up, like, hey, she's going to look different. She's going to look. You got to pay attention to her look, you know? And uh, and then they he kept talking about the hair in the end, but they open it with such a distinctly graphical, sexualized, like, hello uh, <laughs> pose. It was just really funny because it almost was like playing on Japanese stereotypes <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you know, I never cared about Bayonetta as a series, and I did download the demo on Xbox to try it once Bayonetta 2 had uh, been released, and I just it's just not for me, the gameplay, but I can totally see where it's badass for a lot of people. It's very hectic, action-oriented, and you're doing some really crazy stuff that I've never seen in other video games as far as you know bouncing from this platform. Like I think the demo I played... There's like a clock that, like a giant clock tower that breaks, and then you're literally just fighting on these falling slabs of concrete that are just falling to some sort of pit, and uh, and you're hacking and slashing or shooting or whatever you're doing. Totally cool, totally there. Uh, the trailers that they've been showing show a lot of polish. I saw some off uh, video feed of the game from E3 from the show floor yesterday, and that's looking really cool, very good, you know. Um, yeah, it's a very sexualized type game, and I know that you know, there's a lot of discussion about that. I just like, yeah. I feel like there's a place for it in some degree. Just like there's a place to you know sexualize some dudes, like that exists because it plays to certain parts of the human, you know, psyche and desire and everything. I mean, it's not like that. Everything's got to be PC, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and and in a way, I feel like Nintendo's kind of cleaning it up a little bit because she's not, you know, her her breasts aren't just flowing out of her outfits and stuff like that. They're kind of pulling it back a little bit and um, doing their own Nintendo way with it a little bit. Chris, were you saying something? Yeah, but, uh, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The thing is, is that, you know, I was kind of hoping that my wife would like Bayonetta just because uh, she likes sort of games with kick-ass chicks in them, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we watched Bayonetta, the trailer and the direct, and I'm, and I'm like, yeah, what do you think? She's like, look at her on the stripper pole. You know, like, because there's, like, some scene where she's hanging on the pole and all that stuff, and it's, like, ass shots and stuff. And so I was kind of, you know, I was kind of deflated by that because I was hoping this would be something that Steph would think was cool, and absolutely not, you know. 
Uh, I'm kind of like you, though, in the sense that I've got a 360. I've got, uh, you know, so I've had an opportunity to get the original game for a long time and never have. So there is a little bit of like Nintendo fanboy gut check that has to go on. Like, am I interested in this just because Nintendo's involved? Is it that Nintendo magic I'm looking for? You know, or is it, uh, is that not really it? You know, do I need to be honest with myself and say, you know, I'm not that interested in this game? And I don't know the answer to that yet. The gameplay looked pretty hectic to me so i don't know like for me i know i'm not gonna buy it but i hope it does well regardless because i want people to want games like this because i want nintendo (laughs) partnerships to work out i agree there well for everyone you know um yeah that's the potentially dangerous thing is that there is so much visibility with this title because so many people because it was on the other platforms before and so many people are you know yeah so and to put it mildly. <laughs> and I got to say, I mean, like, for me, I mean, I know I'm not going to get it. And I probably would be an excellent uh, target for the type of gameplay. I mean, that sort of like Devil May Cry type thing is very appealing to me. But um, I cannot get past the uh, sex exploitation. And, and, yeah, so and, and the, it's very sexualized. Like, I know if you've played the the full game of the first one. I mean, it's even, you know, far beyond what was in the trailer yesterday. So that's what I'm wondering. Sorry, go ahead, John. Well, I mean, just, you know, two quick things that you can tell about me from my time on the boards. A is that I love No More Heroes, and that's a lot of, you know, it's a totally different approach. Yeah, but like that is kind of more tongue-in-cheek, and it's kind of more funny. Um there's moments that I think are supposed to be quasi sexually appealing, but um, but anyway, but it's like a totally different flavor. And the other thing is, you know, normally like I don't even look at a lot of games and think like, oh, that's sexist or oh, this is offensive or something. But it's just the way that Bayonetta happens to address sexuality that is just like off-putting for me. So, well, that's why I think the greatest thing that Nintendo can do now if they want to sell this game is to. Stop focusing on that. They've shown it off. They've gotten all the, you know, like, quote-unquote, immature 14-year-old boys, you know, interested now. So they've kind of hooked, you know, that demographic that the series is kind of known to attract. Now show us why the game is actually good. You know, mm-hmm. don't do not do any more crotch shots uh, or whatever the heck they want to do. Just show us why the game is really fun. And people will start to look past that. And I don't think Nintendo's going to overly sexualize it anyway because I don't think that that's in their interest to do it. I think they need to do it enough so where people don't say, oh, well, look at this. This is like uh, Wii Sports Bayonetta. You know, this is so timid and whatever. They want it to be edgy and everything, but they also don't want to push people away. So they have to they have to make it sexual and action-oriented enough to get somebody who owned it on the Xbox to buy a Wii U and play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that this game will necessarily sell Wii U's alone, but... They have to give them good reason to do it, but then they also have to make sure they don't push off the actual Nintendo demographic, which generally is not too, you know, psyched about this sort of thing. It's right. a tough. It's a really tough call for them, and I give them credit for trying, though. Definitely. Honest. So yeah, Bayonetta was a game I finally got around to playing it, you know, about two months ago. I loved it. I think it's a great game. Uh, the combat is just—they give you so much freedom, you know. As far as like how the combos go, like I played through all the Devil May Cry games, and this just gave you so much more. It's kind of the ultimate extension of Devil May Cry. Uh, 
just every single encounter in the game, you could in any other game, you could kind of look at it as getting repetitive. You know, your next wave comes in. Okay, we're going to beat a bunch of guys up again. But Bayonetta really gave me incentive to play every battle differently because they just give you so much tools at your disposal. I, I found like every encounter was unique. So I like this around this right around with um, Donkey Kong or the two most wanted games I have coming out of the show. Oh, so. Uh, Someone is picking it up from this podcast. Yeah, I, I, I love the first game. I, you know, the trailer yesterday, and I watched the off-screen stuff. I mean, it's it's more Bayonetta. It looks like a lot of the same stuff that... And I don't know if you guys heard, but the the boss battles in the first game are just insane. They're, they're almost like entire levels in themselves, almost like um, maybe like Shadow of the Colossus in a way. Like, they're treated as huge spectacles that, you know, some of them might take you know, an hour to play through. Like it, it, there, it's, it's tough to describe, but it, it's, it's a sight to behold. And one of the things I'm looking forward to is, you know, how are they going to make Bayonetta two crazier than the first one? Cause it, the game is insane. I, like I said, I give it high recommendations. I, I really loved it. Well, good. So I'm, I'm as a fan of the, as a fan of the first game, how do you feel about the breaking news that, uh, Chris, brought to us about the <laughs> length of the hair. Uh, I don't know if there's been any <laughs> new updates since then, but uh, someone pointed out on the board that um you know, in the first game when you do your special attacks, the only thing covering up Bayonetta from being totally naked is her hair. So, um right. now that it's shorter, naked boobies and the next Bayonetta confirmed. Nintendo might be going the other way. This might be, you know, the uh the ultimate M-rated game. You never know. They might be going the opposite <laughs> of what you're saying, Steve, and they might be going really hardcore with it. This gen's conquers bad for a day. If she says <laughs> piss on things, I'm going to get really concerned. But the first game was, you know, totally full with a ton of references to a bunch of games that, you know, those guys at Platinum have worked on, you know, at Capcom or, you know, earlier, you know, like they referenced Resident Evil 4, they referenced Devil May Cry, they referenced Mad World, Beautiful Joe and all that. So, uh, it wouldn't shock me if, like, the two main characters in that game swapping hairstyles ends up being some sort of major plot point because it's very... The game really doesn't take itself seriously. Hmm. So then I mean, you're making it sound kind of appealing now, Greg. I mean, just hearing you enthusi- get enthusiastic about it kind of makes me enthusiastic about it. Like, hell, maybe I should go play the I, original I loved it. I, the art style was fantastic. I thought it was a lot of fun. Again, the I love the design think. of the character. I think Bayonetta looks cool. I just wish she'd keep her legs together a little more. Yeah, I mean, it, and it is very sexualized, so I, I can definitely see where people, you know, are turned off by that. But if you can get past that, it, it is a fantastic game, and I highly recommend it. Well, d- d- it does seem a little strange that that was like the game, the sequel that. Uh, Nintendo's bankrolling, though, then. I mean, with all of that in mind, because that seems very un-Nintendo, you know what I mean? There is an audience for it, and, you know, it. You know, yeah. it's one of those games that just wasn't going to be made. And, you know, good on Nintendo for picking it up. Yeah, so with that said, everybody, uh, that kind of brings us to the conclusion of this podcast. And uh, I don't know, any uh, any last thoughts before I go into my little spiel? I guess the big thing for me is that I still didn't see that big anchor game that that the Wii U needs, and that was probably the big disappointment for me, was that while I saw a lot of games that I know I will enjoy personally, I didn't see that 
thing that the Wii U is missing right now, mm-hmm. whatever that is. You know, yeah. Maybe I'm just Talk blind to, to it because I've played too many Mario Karts or <laughs> too many Smash Brothers. You know what I mean? Maybe that's maybe those games will do what uh, the games so far haven't done. But I'm not seeing the thing that's going to make you know, a riot break out and make everybody cut. Oh, I got to go get that Wii U now. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of disappointing to me, but. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm really happy with it. Again, the only two things that were even remotely a letdown for me were, you know, Mario not being the next big revolution, and you know, Retro not doing a new IP or a Metroid game. And again, the consolation prize, two games I'm really looking forward to. Uh, so, I mean, if that's if that's the you know the worst part to come out of the show, it was a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. Joe. Um. Yeah, I, I should pro. Well, I'm pleased. I should probably actually buy a Wii U before I try to make my opinion count too much. But, um, but uh, yeah, good stuff. And I'm glad it will be waiting there for me when I do eventually get one. I mean, um, does it make it harder for you to wait now? Uh, well, I mean, they're not on the market yet. I think conceivably, you know, like this Christmas, this holiday could be. Uh, you know, when I do finally get one, so uh, you know, I think there'll be some interesting things that will be out by then. So, uh, but probably, you know, like cart is, like I said, probably my biggest one right now, and that's not till spring. So, uh, we'll see. You're making uh, I, Reggie sad, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, I do. I, I don't want to get us on too much of a huge topic, but I just think. Um, Seeing the response that Sony has gotten, I mean, this is like the most positive I think I've ever seen a company get coming out of E3. I know it's largely because of how much of a reaction it is to the negative response that Xbox is getting. But do you guys think that like this really, you know, sort of like solidifies like PS4 is just going to run away with the generation or or what? Between those two, I see them as like I feel Nintendo is really just made itself its own alternate timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. To go uh, into the Back to the Future uh, metaphor some more, you know. Uh, Nintendo's just split off, frankly. And, yeah. And I live in a happy world where that's excellent. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, yeah, go ahead. No, go, go and, ahead, Chris. Yeah, and people can scoff at, like, the answers Reggie was given the other day. But, I mean, Nintendo, they offer something that no one else does right now. I mean, if you if you look at the lineup of games, you know that they were showing at Microsoft and Sony, Nintendo they almost have a monopoly on, you know, that whole nonviolent, non gritty, you know, sect right. of the market. So I think, yep. I, I think that helps them that they you know they have a Mario and they have a Mario Kart and they have these games coming out that, you know, the other systems aren't going to have. I think I think it really sets up nicely for. You know the Wii U to be a really good companion system to, you know, PS4. Like I, I could get those two systems and be, you know, really happy with what I got. And Nintendo's mm-hmm. gonna still make money, and like I know that well, E3 especially um, is always you know intention intended for, you know, marketing and the the money, you know, the finances. But if Nintendo just continues to make money and sell games to me. And not try to always be getting someone from the other side, the other timeline, or always trying to get those casuals to come in. If they just keep making the games that I want to buy, then I'm going to be happy. I don't own stock in Nintendo. Maybe I should, but 
you know, whether or not they they always make money or whether or not they sell a billion Wii U's doesn't concern me because I have one, and that one is going to play the games that they're making. They're making games for me, so I don't get too caught up in this whole like, uh, how are they comparing to Sony? How are they comparing to Microsoft? Doesn't matter because no matter what, whether they're doing well or whether they're not, in comparison to them, they're still making money. They're still doing well for themselves. They have so much money, they'll be in the console race for a long time to come, and they're going to constantly do new things and have great games. Mario this, Mario that. I fucking love it, and I'm going to continue to love it. So, as as a gamer, I'm just so content, you know. Yeah, as long as they offer something different than what the competition has. Right. They're always going to be there. They're always going to have people that want those type of games. Yeah, you know, everyone talks about how, oh, they need to be more like Microsoft and or, you know, have all these third-party games and that they have. And obviously there are some that I wish that would come over. But the day that Nintendo has the, everything that the other guys have, then, okay, peace. I'm just going to stop playing games altogether because I don't want to be like them or I would be buying them. I want to be what Nintendo is. And Nintendo is a whole mantra. It's a whole mindset. It's a whole subset of gaming that you know may not necessarily mesh and meld with like how society is today uh young society anyway but there's a lot of gamers our age and older and there's still a lot of young gamers too who are still just so attracted to what nintendo has to offer and they always will be nintendo will always find a way well you have a is it a ps3 or 360 360 okay so you do you know branch out so. Yeah, and there's not too many games I buy for it because I just end up spending a lot of my money on Nintendo, but Left 4 Dead 2, Bioshock Infinite, the whole Bioshock series in general. Oh, you um, like Bioshock? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I've heard that. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I like the name more than anything. Uh, but there, there are games that I want on those systems, but very few of them actually get me to buy the system. But, and actually, it's a lot of like indie games, like Super Meat Boy was one of my favorite Xbox games of all time. And, you know, Nintendo almost got that if it wasn't for some really arbitrary limitations they were putting on things. But, uh, but yeah, so I definitely am not opposed to it. In fact, I think Sony looks a lot better to me now than, than Xbox, uh, Microsoft does. Um, but still, then Sony, then I look at the actual game Sony has to offer, and I'm like, oh, hmm, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I'm okay with it. Well, I mean, it, I think I watched that whole Sony conference, and I watched the Xbox One, too. And I think the 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 key takeaway was that the biggest cheers of the night came when Sony said that they weren't <laughs> going to ax the used game market and that mm-hmm. they weren't going to require online connections, you know? And I think, yeah, Sony's, I think Sony is poised to run away with it with the PS4, to be honest. Uh, but it's only because that's the meta story right now. Right, that, that's the that, grounds for the... That yeah. basically, the grounds for the fight is that Microsoft has a console that was developed by lawyers. And um, <sighs> and the P- PlayStation is actually, uh, I mean, at least the narrative is that they have more respect for actual what gamers want. I think what's really the thing is that people were upset because... Well, that's a very long, complicated thing. But people were felt disrespected by Microsoft, and Microsoft tried yeah. to answer that question by avoiding it during their conference, and Sony confronted it. The only way I think Microsoft could turn it around is to just come out and say, "Sorry, we had our heads up our butts. We're uh, all of that is gone now." You know, I don't know what we were thinking. That, I think that's the only way they could pull out of it at this point. Well, that's that's going to be an afterthought too, because. The whole reason this is happening is because Microsoft is thinking of their system not as a game console, but as a media console. 
I just, I'll put it like this. I've never been a big fan of Sony's approach. I mean, to me, I don't see a lot out of Sony. I do see games from time to time that I'm interested in, but you know, I never, I haven't owned, a, I got a PS2 that I bought way after the fact and I've played three games on, you know, like, but I got to say, looking at them, I mean, obviously I'm going to be there for Nintendo, you know, I'm a Nintendo fan, but if I were to buy a console, I mean, they just look like they're the only one that has their act together uh, of those two, you know? Um, and that's yeah. a surprise for me because, you know, it's either that or, or build a, a gaming PC for the first time in a decade, which I'm considering doing. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm going to build a gaming Mac, which involves buying an iMac and then hoping stuff comes out on it. Nice. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Anyway, so I guess that's our last comments. Then we should probably move on uh, to the conclusion here. Um, it's getting kind of late, getting kind of long. That's all right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to make a few quick comments. One. I have hyped the hell out of Animal Crossing, and I know there's a lot of people playing it right now. If you're interested in the game, I recommend you grab it and join in, because we have you know, a big community going on right now of 20-plus people who are all visiting each other's towns, trading each other's seeds, uh, you know, doing everything that Animal Crossing has to offer. Every time I turn my 3DS on now, I see at least four people playing Animal That's Crossing. Insane. It's kind of crazy. And Animal Crossing is so huge on community that this is the perfect time to do it, so... Um, if it, you know, if hypothetically you have to choose between Animal Crossing and Luigi's Mansion, you know, hypothetically, uh, hypothetically, yeah, I don't know if anyone has to do that, but um, yeah, I would go with Animal Crossing personally. Obviously biased, although I have played both. Um, I also want to throw in a little nod to the Euphonic podcast, which now has three episodes: two regular, one special, and we have a thread out there right now for the Fire and Ice episode. Um, it's you know. We need more traction. We meet, we need more suggestions, uh, or the podcast would literally be what's there right now. So, you know, go out there if you can think of something that relates to fire, relates to ice, a good song, a song that you love. Go uh, post it, and you might be up on the show, and me and Joe will talk about it. So, uh, please continue to support that because it's a lot of fun, and I think a lot of people enjoy it. And uh, this Saturday, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to come out. We're going to get it out as soon as possible, but uh, Saturday the 15th. There might be another recording happening because uh, me and great Game Dad Grant are going to take a trip to Best Buy and hope for the best, uh, see if we can try some demos. I think Zero in Chicago is going to be going and doing the same thing, so he should be on that podcast. So we're going to try to get together and, uh, and talk about that and have a little bit more E3 discussion coming soon. So I hope it won't be nearly as long as last year, which there's quite a gap between the two episodes we did. So, <laughs> Bear with us. We all have lives, and we're very busy, and um, I don't know how anyone else does it. Uh, this is hard stuff, so uh, thank you for your patience. And that's uh, that about wraps it up. Another episode of the Negative World Podcast. Uh, we'd really like you to comment on what you've heard, uh, especially on what you've heard today because of all the, the content we've got. And you can do that at negativeworld.org. You simply have to find the thread associated with the episode. And if you don't want to subscribe to Negative World, you can reach us through the Facebook page. You just got to search for negativeworld.org. Or you can follow us on Twitter at negative underscore world. And if you're interested, subscribe to the Enhanced Podcast because we go through the trouble to make it. And, uh, and hey, you know, with something like this podcast, it's probably going to be broken up by game. So it allows you to literally just, you know, go back and listen to all the great segments you've heard from the great games that you want to talk about and listen to. So, uh, yeah. So do that. Um, you guys, Greg, Chris, Joe, thank you guys so much for being part of this big E3 episode. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It, yeah. was, it was fun. Yeah, a lot of great discussion. Uh, I, and 
I really appreciate that it was this group of guys. So, uh, yeah, it was cool to have uh, not only guests but multiple guests. Yeah, and guests who are not on all the time. And yeah, this is like uh, the most varied podcast in like six months. So cool. it's nice to get some new voices. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, on E3 and stuff like that. We're tired of zero. That's all we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. In fact, he, again, he is going to be on the next podcast um, about E3. But, uh, but yeah, it's great. I love getting a range of voices from the community. So if you're listening to this and you want to be on the podcast, you know, we're totally open to it. We, we'd love to have you. So, um, I mean, I do like looking at Chris's Felix icon. It's been staring his that belly has been staring at me all episode. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, so all right, thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for being a part of the podcast. And uh, we'll see you later. Happy gaming. Bye-bye. See ya. Take care.